Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Fall Harvest Dinner Series. <clears throat> For those of you that have not been here before, we have Paradise Cleaners on the corner, Governor's Park, and a two-bedroom house. Now, actually, this is Carboy Winery and Logan Street Restaurant and, and Bar. Uh, about a month and a half ago, I was fortunate enough to meet the Modern Eater uh, group here, and uh, we talked about putting something together, like, really fast, and... Uh, I can't believe you pulled this off because last night was the first night with Corey and uh, unbelievable dinner, great food, serious food, concentrated service, and today is day two. So I'm, I'm just excited to introduce my new friends over here, Greg Hollenbach and Brian Greg. Guys, Craig. welcome, welcome, welcome. Craig yeah. Jones, let's hear for Craig Jones, the host with the most. Oh, my goodness. Uh, talk about an angel. I call him Mr. Hospitality. He truly is. If you have a problem, yo, he'll solve it, like immediately. Just text him. It could be anything. Financial advice, you need to build something, Craig can get it done. Again, Craig Jones and his whole staff here, Logan Street. Do you see how you cut me off before I could uh, introduce uh, the rest of the group? I was just helping you out. Just a, t a teeny little bit. Um, Brian Freeman, myself, Jay Parker, our, our whole staff, who here has been to a Modern Eater dinner? Oh, my goodness. Look at that. Welcome back. Thank you very much. Those that are new to it, let me just give you a 30-second oh, spiel. The Modern Eater, we are a show here in town. We air Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. on our platform, The Modern Eater. You will see yourself live tonight on Facebook and YouTube. So if you go to The Modern Eater Facebook, you can see us right there, Brian. Yep, you sure did. See our smiling faces. Tonight is all about community, local celebration, celebration of food. You will hear from farmers. You will hear from ranchers. You will hear from winemakers. You will hear from uh, distillers. You will hear from brewers. You will hear from everybody who has contributed to this no dinner. But Brian, let's do this. Introduce this gentleman. It's his night. It's a very special one. He's probably our favorite chef. Yes, we all have a man crush Pro probably? on this guy. Yeah, not probably. The, probably. The truth is Kyle and I have a long history together. I've known the man for probably at least 15 years. Brought him into this modern 15. eater network of people and chefs. This is one of those guys I always refer to him as a next level chef. <laughs> Because what you are about to taste tonight will, at every level, excite you. Probably. Will stimulate your senses. That, coupled Probably. with all the incredible alcohol that we have tonight, will completely lubricate you and make your mind feel at ease. You will enjoy yourself tonight. You will learn stories. You will be connected to your food in a way that you rarely get connected. So you probably just got off work. You're a little bit hangry. You need a cocktail. You need some beers. But the man of the night, we need to hear it for him. Chef Kyle Mendenhall. Yes. Hi, everybody. Wow, wow, wow. Welcome back to another dinner series with us, Chef. Uh, first of all, let's talk a little bit of menu. Let's talk a little ingredients. Then we'll get this plate out. The first course, Chef, what do you have? Yeah, so first off, thanks. Uh, thank you for having me back, oh right? Um, and thanks to the crew here for tonight. And so happy you all came out tonight. What a lovely evening we've got so far. Um, this first course um, is a salt roasted beet. Um, I like to cook beets that way. It's probably not a way that you've maybe had beets before. Um, what we actually do is make a dough 
Um, that's a little bit of flour, lots of salt, and a bunch of aromatics. In this case, there's some orange zest in there and a little bit of sumac. And we actually encase the beet whole, and then it's baked in the oven 400 degrees for like an hour. And what it does is kind of like an old school version of sous vide cooking. It, it seals it, it makes it so that no moisture can escape. And so the beet kind of steams in its own juices and it gets a little bit of salt from the, from the dough around it. Um, it's a simple beet, but that technical cooking process, I think is what just for me um, makes it taste like any other beet you ever had. So now that I've set this thing up, uh, Incredibly, I hope I do not fail you, but um, if I don't, you're probably wrong and it's not me. No, I'm just teasing. Um, on the bottom, we have from Fruition Farms, their uh, sheep's milk ricotta, which is, you know, it's like gold. It's sometimes a little bit expensive, and so I use it for very special occasions, and I was so glad to be able to use it liberally for you all tonight. Um, it's really delicious. All I did was just whip it a little bit, added just a touch of heavy cream. So it should be nice, elegant, a little bit sweet. You get kind of a little bit of that delicious, almost, um, you know, like chev flavor on the back of your tongue. And those two things, that, that with beet uh, goes really well together. Um, let's see, uh, it has a little bit of a Colorado honey uh, with a little fresh grated horseradish uh, and a little bit of water to make a little glaze over the top. So you get that little hit of horseradish. I think that's really nice on there. And then lastly, um, my favorite part is you'll have a marigold leaf. So marigold is a flower. It's an edible flower. Different, there's different varieties of marigolds. This is a citrus laced marigold and it has a green leaf and the leaf looks really cool, first of all. But most importantly, when you eat it, it tastes just like you're eating orange zest. So we've got this sort of goat cheese, light ricotta. You've got beet. You've got orange. Those are kind of our primary flavors, all of which are no secret, uh, and you don't need to be a master chef to produce it, but are really good flavors together. So that's the first course, and it'll be coming out as soon as I'm done talking. Yeah. You see what you're in for tonight? Hey, have you ever had a chef describe your first course like that? So uh, the Big Red F, Kyle Mendenhall, the executive chef there. Corporate chef, what, what would you say? What is uh, it? You know, a guy chef. who cooks food sometimes and does a lot of guidance counseling. That's right. But you're kind of out of retirement. You haven't cooked in front of a crowd like this in a little while, have you, Chef? I've, I've taken a breather for a little bit, yeah. This yeah, is only for you. Only for you. This is a treat to have him here tonight. <laughs> Again, Chef Kyle Mendenhall, come on. Oh, thank you, everybody. Oh, my goodness. Now, you guys, take lots of pictures tonight. Uh, hashtag fall dinner series very easy on Instagram or Facebook please do that we would love to share those as we see them come in but you guys here tonight you're part of the community you're part of our family you're gonna learn a lot tonight you're really gonna enjoy this evening I want to hear you clap for yourselves for showing up here tonight yes that's come thank on you, let me hear you, you clap you. for yourselves it's early we can make a little bit of noise let's hear that all right, you guys, this is good stuff. We're going to bring the music up, and we'll get the food flowing. I promise you it's going to be a great night. Stand by. Have some fun. Yes. Yeah, man.
skip. You can go first row, second row, third row. I, yeah, there you go. Okay, great. Here we are at the table. I welcome all of you guys that are joining us on the stream. We're at Logan Street Restaurant, uh, 7th and Logan. And, Craig, this place has so much history to it. I'll tell you what. And to have this new space to, to work on some new history, yep. I can't wait to see the run that you guys have here. I think it's going to be great, yeah. I mean, a lot of history here for sure. I mean, the, the cameras are on that barn there. That was built in 1910, and it's where they milked cows uh, back in the day. This uh, Governor's Park was a creamery, so I think of fruition here and the history between this building and this building, absolutely. Uh, having different chefs, you I mean, you have a world-class chef that works here, Chef yep. Rebecca Weissman, right? Absolutely. You stop there, but tonight, Chef Rebecca was out here watching pre-shift uh, when Chef Mendenhall was talking to the staff. Kind of cool to have a different set of chefs come through here to just see and meet and community what's going on there, but Chef Rebecca, she was pretty impressed with uh, yeah. Chef Mendenhall. Absolutely. She sat there and listened to everything he had to say, and, and he... And, she, and he had her undivided attention, which was awesome to watch. Okay, so you've been to a few. You, you went to the summer dinner series. This yep. is night number two, fall yep. dinner series. Um, you guys, round robin, what stands out to you the most for these dinners? You know, I think it's just bringing everybody together. I mean, like it's connecting with the, like the brewers and the distillers and, and all these restaurant tours, you know, and, and uh, it's great to just network, you know, and this is, I think this is just great team building for all five chefs and and all five breweries and yeah it's just a great event it's like a new friends it's that's what i'm most excited about is just meeting new friends well and don't you love the fact that we have this real story about the farm every night it's you know we sort of highlight not necessarily someone different but a different piece of what they brought all the chefs because you know like tonight he's got a coal what, what is he calling it a coal roasted cabbage oh you should look at our instagram if you want to see how that was prepared you said come on over here holland back take a look at this and the coal cabbage was yeah, i mean isn't that I, insane i can't wait to taste it well he has it sweating yeah in a box right now and literally can't wait for that he's handing us <laughs> yes sir oh look at these yes, coal beets thank you chef oh my goodness i'm a fan of beets mm. did you hear how he cooks them where he wrapped it in mm -hmm. a dough, salt, salted dough with herbs. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that just, I mean, just, can you imagine put the cheese it's in there? Can you imagine bump. the other flavors well, you put on there? Well, look at this. Wow. And these, the guests are getting it right now. I have a feeling this dish is going to go down quick. Well, and isn't it cool? This is the chef. You know, listen, Kyle always pulls out these crazy things out of his hat. And tonight he pulls out two things from his own garden. To bring down, so what you're seeing, this little microgreen he's putting on there. Oh, I want to hear from Chef. Yeah, I can't wait until we can get him up here to talk about this. He's just, this the guy, passion. Craig, yeah, like what I said before, we'll talk about, he, you know, he gets this trout, and we don't, we don't get to try it tonight because he's sort of like, oh, that's, I've been doing that for years. Yeah. But this trout tonight, when we first uh, went, and I I introduced Greg and, and Kyle, remember that? trout skin that he does it uh -huh. he used to do yeah, it let's, oh man look, he is such a detail oriented guy look at this right behind you Craig gosh Mark Whistler's here helping out as well uh, a friend that used to work at, at Arcana 
with Chef Mendenhall is here helping out tonight as well. We can tell really when a chef commands a kitchen. And let's face it, Craig, this is a nice outdoor kitchen. <laughs> but there's oh, a few challenges, the right? There's a few, yeah, there is absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally the and the, the setup is is fantastic. I have a feeling you may do um, some more setups like this out here. I think so. We that's what we built. You know, this was uh, parking spots just a year ago, and we we turned the parking spots into a courtyard. And what a great space for these chefs to show off. You know, so I'm looking forward to doing this again for sure. Taste the sweetness yeah, of that. But wouldn't that go good with like a whiskey or something? Could could you ever? I've never tasted like a cabbage that I could take a cocktail with. Tonight, and, uh, yeah, wow. Meridium Spirits is here with us. Tommy Knocker Brewery and Carboy <laughs> Winery. Craig, take a minute to talk about Carboy Winery, if you would. Yeah, what a miracle! Uh, I got just a minute here. You said right. It, how, how you know, any? we didn't we didn't know we were going to get in the wine business, but we found a ten thousand square foot space to build our second Angelos and. Uh, and we had to come up with a dual concept. So, you know, we started talking on our roundtable discussions, and we talked to one of the growers that sells grapes to Silver Oak. And everybody knows that the family lives here in Colorado. And we just kind of jumped into that. In our first year, we were bringing in wine uh, from California and aging in Colorado and blending it in Colorado. And our wine team said, you're not going to be able to retain us for the long haul if you do not. Um, go local so we started teaming up with like Kaibab you know Savage and Talbot and uh, Reiner all these great farmers on the western slope and Carboy manufactured 30,000 uh, pounds of grapes a few years ago and now they're all the way up to 260,000 pounds of Colorado fruit right oh my goodness right here between the three locations yeah. so pretty chef, amazing Chef Mendenhall joins us how are you chef I feel great. I've got, like, so many microphones right now. <laughs> no, you awesome. do. This is the modern eater style, man. Uh, say hello right there. Say hello to everybody. Hello, friends everybody. and family. Uh, we're just thoroughly impressed right now just taking in the little chef bites that you hand us across how, how the table. Wow. I mean, we haven't even finished serving the first course yet. <laughs> I know. We need one of those in front of us. There, there it is. What? Perfection. Two is fine. Wow. Two is fine, guys. Two is fine. Thank you, guys. Um... Where do you begin? I mean, you just dig into this baby, don't you? You just dig into that baby. Here, let me let me wipe the plate. There we go. There we go. How now, do you now dream, I feel better. How do you dream these things up? Uh, Are you, you know, constantly trying to think of flavors that match each other or kind of oppose each other or both? I mean, where, yeah. Where I mean, you, it, yeah. it depends. I mean, um, I think really it's driven by. I'll share with Brian. For, for, for me. Right, it's the the cuisine, if you want to call it what I do, is driven by really what's available and trying to make the best of what's available, of what's good, right? Because there might be a lot of things that are available in Colorado around us mm -hmm. or anything like that, but um, for me, it's finding the things that are good and then just showcasing them. Uh, it's not everybody maybe that would think, how do I make a really good beet dish, mm -hmm. right? They would think. Maybe I'll make a beet salad, right? Maybe I'll grate some beets and throw them together with some greens or something like that. But it's hard to make the beet, like, the focus. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's it, it's not really anything that's um, groundbreaking. Yeah. Because beets and, and, and goat cheese yeah. tend to go really well together with orange. So it's, it's just kind of a play on those kind of standard things that we know work well together. Uh -huh. But really just trying to not do too much to it. Are you a wine drinker? Do you like wine? Um, I do like wine. Yeah. 
Um, but not a wine drinker. My brain is full of culinary things. Yes. Um, but I, I The comparison I was going to make was, and I, I wanted to get your take on this. So when you talk about wine, you talk about the region where it comes from, how the grapes grow, what you know, it, what side of the mountain hill it's on, the yeah. sunlight exposure. So with Colorado, and, and Brian and I like to have this conversation all the time, what would you believe the terroir of Colorado is, the taste? What ingredients really stand out to you as oh, far as Colorado I mean, goes? What peaches, right? Peaches. Sure. How peaches, about? chilies, for sure. Yeah. Um, Colorado lamb? Definitely Colorado uh-huh. lamb. We're thinking, we, we ruled pigs out. Yeah, we, I know. I heard We, I heard we were that. talking about this the other I day. I heard that. But, I mean, there's there's some great pig farmers yeah. in our state, you know, whether it's a problem in the chain of actually getting it to restaurants and yeah. whatnot. Same with chicken. It's hard. Chickens is, is an even bigger problem. Good chicken. Good chicken. I mean, there's one producer I know that that does their own processing, uh-huh. um, and they and they go to markets. They don't they don't yeah. really deal with restaurants that much anymore. Now Colorado and beef for sure, right? Colorado beef for sure. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Uh, so and Colorado lamb, right? Lamb. He said Colorado lamb and lamb. beef. So uh, produce wise, we have, I think peaches, chilies. Apples, right? Well, wait, though. I what? would throw one more in the meat because I think Kermit Krantz uh, with the fish? at Frontier That's an Ranch is, one. I a, mean, and even you know Kyle Kermit forever. He's probably watching. Say something nice to Kermit. Kermit, I miss you. <laughs> What's happening? Thanks Kermit? for the trout. That's right. <laughs> and you elected to do some pretty cool stuff with the trout. It was interesting. Last night, Chef Corey Baker, who's renownedly a sushi chef, right? Yeah. He's, he, <laughs> he threw down with butter and baked the fish. Yeah. It was good stuff. How really are you preparing good. fish tonight? <laughs> with butter and I'm gonna bake it. No, I am baking it though. Actually, I was gonna kind of just really like high heat flash it. Um, it's been marinated in a little bit of uh, white miso and sake, a little bit of sugar and some salt. So, yeah. yeah. Ingredients and products. Now we have some good producers as well tonight. For wish and cheese is on the menu. Definitely. <laughs> Well, and and wouldn't you say, though, that cheese, dairy could be a big, big thing in Colorado. It is. I mean, we've got Morning Fresh. We've got Royal Crest. It was. It it was a big thing here. I mean, like you said, this was a dairy building. It was. Even at one point. And this is definitely ground bait. Uh, groundbreaking, so I had to disagree yeah. with you on that. What you did here was groundbreaking. So. Oh, good. <laughs> well, and, and Chef, what did you, because I, I feel bad because I derailed Greg a little bit on, you know, the, the next step after we talked about the proteins was the fruit. And, like, what, you know, it's, it's always interesting. You talk to someone from the south, and what do they think they have over us that they do not? Oh, I mean, what do you mean? Like, they... They think they have peaches in the south, the oh, Georgia yeah. peach. No, is, they, they haven't had uh, a really good Colorado peach. You know, the, the peaches here have to struggle more, yeah. right? They may or may not make it. Mm-hmm. And for me, I don't know, there's something in that, that when you have one that's made it through, it's it's pretty amazing. So, um, plums, too, yes. are another one of my favorites. Pe- well, because we've got the elephant heart, the Santa Rosa that's grown on the western slope. Yeah. And then you switch into apples, which, you know, wow, some of the best honey crisp in the country, um, hands down. Oh we've got gosh. farmers growing ever crisp, honey crisp. You know, tonight from I dare you to we find different ones. Oh, sorry. No, I, no, no. I was going to say, I dare you to find better corn than Olathe. Yeah, well, that's another one. You talk to people in, like, Missouri and Kansas, and they think they have the best. Like, there's truly <laughs> a, a town in Kansas called Olathe, and people think that when you say Olathe corn, it's coming from Kansas, and they don't know what good, yeah. sweet western slope corn is and and that's the struggle and so that would almost be chef kyle and i were having an yeah. intrinsic talk earlier today greg about hydroponic 
And where he was saying is, is I don't think the plant in the hydroponic world struggles enough to get the real flavor that I like. And that's a really intrinsic conversation. It is. That's an interesting conversation. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just like things that have to work for it a little mm-hmm. bit more. <laughs> Maybe that's it. I always talk about overwatering. So I'm a, a jalapeno balcony farmer. Balcony farmer, that's I, right. You, I recall if that. If you know that's that. Um, and, and I said to Brian, I said, man, I don't know. I think I'm overwatering. And he says, well, you need to make those plants work. Especially for, peppers, man. Yeah. Like, man, you make them work, and then they're just going to blow your face off. They're going to be so hot. I know. So I'm, I'm perfecting. <laughs> My uh, jalapeno pepper farm on the uh, illustrious 12th floor <laughs> down in Cherry Creek. I know you need to get this. Set us up for yep. this. And then I also want to do this. Can we do this while um, we're going to turn one microphone off and then turn the other one on? Would you mind coming over here and talking to just how you're setting this next dish up so that folks can hear you uh, do that? I mean, I... Yeah, I mean, there's some secret conversations we need to have with the boys back there first. But talk about it. so you got because they don't know they don't know what they're doing. It'll it'll be good. I love which kit- is my fault. It's not their fault. I love kitchen talk. I love kitchen talk. If you don't mind, we're yeah, gonna, man. If you don't yeah. mind, okay. So we'll do that. Um, so Mark Whistler met him here for the first time tonight. He's a he's thirsty for knowledge. He loves community. He loves to just dig in there and be oh, a part of things. So fantastic. he's here with. And then you brought a, a friend of yours yeah, from uh, Aaron. Yeah. Aaron Quinling. We call him Q. We used to have two Aarons that worked there, and so we had little Q and Q. But he's he's the OG Q. All right. What's this dish that's coming up next? The second one. Oh, we're gonna do. You know, just an homage to beans. It's been a pretty amazing year for beans in Colorado. I mean, you know, any one of these vegetables we can pick out, you know. But, again, for me, when you have a totally open door in regards to creativity, right, if you just say, hey, make me an amazing dish, I'm, I'm going to get stumped. I'm going to get stuck. But if you say make a really good bean dish, I got a much better chance of succeeding. <laughs> I love it. And so... And so um, what I want to just focus on beans. we got three different kinds. There's hericover, there's yellow wax, and then there's a dragon tongue bean, mm-hmm. which is a, one of my favorite beans. All three together, just simply blanched in salted water. That's it. And I'm going to dress them with a little whole grain mustard dressing. Uh, we got some crispy shallots for a little crunch on top. There's some purple daikon radish in there as well, um, which I believe the beans and the daikons all came from Patrico Farms, which yep. is great. Yeah. Super Julie great Petraco, stuff. Joe Petraco, thank Petraco. you. Let me ask you this, uh, and I'll just defer to you. What dish would you like to demo? Would it be this one, or would you like to any Explain one of them? Explain demo. Just put together, we're going to have a camera on you, and you're going to talk I'm, us through I'm gonna it. I'm going to do it like 50, I'm going to demo 50 times right now. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you, you pick one, which, brother. Which, which dish? I'm just it's up to you. Um, you want to do the main course? Sure. Let's, yeah, do, let's the do the main, main course. course. We'll demo let's the main, main course. course. And, if it, and, if, and if it doesn't work out, then we got one more course afterwards. We're going to have some farmers on. Actually, I think Julie from Petraco Farms is going to join us on a, oh, on a Zoom call. Nice. Um, coming up here as well. And then we're going to talk to some other folks that are purveyors in the crowd. Let's get the second course out. Um, the drinks are flowing. These guys are loving it. Thank you, Chef. Yep, My jump pleasure. back in. Uh, chef you, Kyle chef. Mendenhall on the stream with us here. We've got a great crowd tuning in, and thank you so much. This is night two of the fall dinner series, and we just couldn't be happier for you to join us. This is really what it's all about, and we want to not only show Denver, we want to show Colorado, but we want to show the United States and internationally. This is how you do food right yeah and right now in a in in a in a time where an experience is just lacking 
um, this is how you bring people together. And Fall Dinner Series is really proving it at Logan Street right now. Yeah. What well, do you no, think? I, so, unbelievable, man. The, uh, adding the water to the honey and... I mean, who would ever thought, you know, that's magical. This whole, this Let's whole get Jay Parker magical. on the headset. Unbelievable. Jay Parker coming up on the headset, just doing great work, running around, um, <laughs> grabbing ingredients along with Brian and the freshest of the fresh, don't you think, Brian? Oh, it, well, it, this this is a farm to table, more than anyone knows. And one Check. of the things that I was going to say to you, Greg, is I would welcome our viewers, if you know of somebody that's doing what we are doing Right here. Let us know. Yeah, share it with us. We want to see that because we really feel like. Are you guys like, bragging over here? Is that what's going on? No, not at all. We're just really. <laughs> I, I'm curious. Is anyone doing it like this? Is anyone well, out there know. created this environment, this atmosphere, this connectivity from the farms to the restaurants to the brewers Water. to the distillers all the way around? If you need a little 59er, here you go. I got this. this it's wine. brand new. Yep. That's brand new water too. Uh, Jay, yes. what's coming up here? What's coming up is uh, Julie Maroney from Petraco Farms, uh, where basically their produce is in every, almost every single dish in here. They've been very, very wonderful to the modern All eater. three beans are from Petraco yep. Farms, yeah. right? Um, and Julie's then uh, Meridium Spirits, Daniel Ecker, who uh, put together uh, a pain in the ass of a cocktail menu, but it's delicious and it's awesome. Is it really? What but if you're it? making it, it's a little bit of a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> but it's delicious. And Snap's making them back there, and he's like, these are delicious. Cranking them out. Yeah. All right. And then later on, we're going we're gonna to zoom, and we're zooming to her, too, because she couldn't make it off the farm. Uh, later on, we're going to uh, mess around with our uh, the main man in fish, Kermit Krantz, who uh, Chef Kyle loves Kermit. We That'll love Kermit, good. too, but yeah. they have a good relationship. We're going to zoom to him. Yep. You know, we're going to talk to Carboy, and Snap's going to come out from behind the bar and, and talk to us about the cocktails and just Carboy in general. Didn't I see Tyzog running around here tonight? Yeah. Is he available tonight? No. He's tomorrow. tomorrow. He'll be here tomorrow. Speaking of tomorrow, <laughs> Chef Alex Seidel is going to be here with us. Uh, Scott Hiberneth is um, Thursday. And then uh, Chef Rebecca Weitzman. All three of those dinners sold out. Uh, just like lightning. This is it's in high demand, and I can tell you why. Right in the middle, smack dab in the city, is a a very spacious, well-appointed patio out back of Logan Street, and just on this beautiful property next to the Bubble Barn, and where there's another uh, private occasion that's happening here tonight. This this is really true. And, and Craig, if I was to guess, you may or may not uh, allow events here to get a hold of you for events. We do allow them. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Yes, we do allow them. Get, get a hold yes. of you. Who would who would they contact? Mallory? I mean, Mallory. Um, Mallory at carboywinery.com. Yeah, you know, Noemi, Maggie, you know, myself, Jason Snap. Yeah. Basically, uh, just carboywinery.com. That's the email. And if you can think of a name, they probably work here. So Eric or Mallory or yep. some <laughs> info. Can I just say something yes. about the, the folks that are working here, They're man? Amazing. Let me tell you this. I've been around a long, long time, and I'm not one to pull punches. And, and, and if I didn't have anything good to say, I wouldn't say it at all. But the staff here, not only at Carboy but at Logan Street, is amazing in a sense of just nice and friendly and the things you want as a proprietor to, for, for your servers and managers and bartenders to be. And it's not something that's easy to do. Trust me, because I'm one of the bartenders that Craig would be like, dude, you're fired. You know, what's your problem? You know, like you can't choke people like that, you know. <laughs> but but seriously, like, that's not a real easy thing for a restaurant owner to have a staff to where 
Each person you come up to is equally as friendly as the next one. And I'm not BSing, man. That's the truth. Yeah, and I'm a lunatic. So if anybody's going to give you static or give somebody static, they'll give it to me and be like, I can't give you any more coffee, man. I just can't do it. And honest to God, man, they're all incredible. Well, it's a culture, yeah, you guys. Great, I mean, man. it's a culture that Craig Jones and his upper management team have created all around this place. And it, it you feel it. it. It's over at Angelo's. It's mm-hmm. at Carboy. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's at Logan Street. And that's one of the things. Absolutely. It's really good people to be around, positive environment, and just, I'll tell you, some of the best wine that's, in Colorado. That's the My difference in favorite in, time of night. The sun's starting to set. Yep. Um, these uh, the dinner is uh, the first couple courses. You got to get those first couple courses out, and then yeah. it's smooth sailing from there. This course is uh, on its way to be prepared. Jay, let's get uh, Julie Maroney mm-hmm. set up on Zoom, mm-hmm. and then we'll talk to Daniel Ecker as well about the cocktails. They all's well in the world right now. I mean, truly, this is when you know that it all makes sense. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us here tonight. Okay, we're going to keep it going. We're going to jump out into the audience right here. And uh, from Logan Street, here it is. Night number two. Chef Kyle so Mendenhall. Nice. Okay, stand by here. We're Fall gonna... Dinner Series. FallDinnerSeries.com. Okay, okay. How's everybody feeling right now? First course. Let's hear it for the chefs. First course. Good, good, great. Uh, cocktails. Who's a beer drinker out here tonight? Beer drinkers, cocktail drinkers, okay, wine drinkers. Oh, we got a mix. Who's drinking everything? Yeah, I know you guys. I know you guys. All right, spirits here. Meridium Spirits, Daniel Ecker. Good to see you, Daniel. Yep. How's that? There you go. You sounded great, man. Uh, thanks for having us. Yeah. Appreciate it. Tell us about Meridium Spirits, and we'll go over the cocktails. All right, so we're a very small distillery. Uh, we're in Elizabeth, Colorado, southeast of Denver, about 42 miles uh, we distill vodka and gin right now. Some of that is in some of the cocktails you guys are drinking, and we appreciate you trying our spirits. That's very nice of you. I'm the master distiller. My girlfriend and her mother own the distillery, so it's a big family-owned business or a little family-owned business, as the case may be. And we're about to do a rye whiskey. So we've been doing, about the last two years, we've just been doing vodka and gin, and we just laid down our rye whiskey, which should be done in about six to eight months. Wow, so that's we're hoping, brand new. We're hoping at least. Wow. Yeah, that's brand new months. first. Smaller barrels, four staves? We're doing it in small barrels. Uh, we're doing 15 and 30-gallon barrels. They're made in New York, upstate New York. Uh, brand new oak uh, with a number three chart. That's very exciting. Congratulations. I couldn't be more excited. Tonight's cocktails? <laughs> uh, we've got the Tommy Collins, which is basically a Tom Collins. However, the soda water has been replaced with Tommy Knocker's Blood Orange IPA. Uh, so it's kind of a beer, uh, gin cocktail, which uh, is pretty fun, I think. And the other one is the Clear Creek Float, which again features Tommy Knocker's products. Uh, it is our vodka. It has Tommy Knocker's root beer. There's some cream, and I forget what else we put in that. That float sounds good. Oh, it's delicious. <laughs> it's actually it's save that one for dessert. That one's really nice for dessert. Not to put you on the spot, but are you giving away anything tonight? No. <laughs> Womp, womp, womp. Uh, what, let's give something away. They come pick it up or something like that. We'll get it to them. But what I'd like to do is take the best picture of one of your cocktails and tag you. Okay, that's good. Uh, hashtag Meridian Spirits on Instagram. Who's taking pictures so far? That's an incentive. Take a picture of this gentleman's cocktails. Take some pictures, and then we'll look over them tonight, and I guess you can have a bottle of vodka or gin, your choice. You're going to have to get it from Greg, though. <laughs> Because I can't legally sell it to you. Or, or you, you, yes, you can. You can only get our stuff at liquor stores. So 
So it's kind of the back, out of the back of the trunk of the car <laughs> transaction, if you if, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, no big deal. We do that. <laughs> I like that so, attitude. Yeah. Are you, are you going to have one? Oh, yeah. Of course. Are you going to take a picture? Okay. Well, look at We've got a contest going on like here. Uh, that's great. So we will be able to, your finer liquor stores everywhere. Argonaut, who's carrying your No, stuff? Argonaut will never carry our spirits. Oh, they won't? No, of course not. You know the story. I don't. Let's hear it. No, absolutely no meridian not. for you. <laughs> uh, but other, other fine liquor stores around Denver, Colorado do carry our spirits. It's Meridium Spirits. The brand of vodka and gin is called Coop. It's got a couple cars on it. Now I'm curious about that story. Well, so, but it's at Molly's. You actually know the story. It's at Applejack. It's at, it's at Molly's, Davidson's, not Applejack. Uh, we're at Bevy's, if you're down south, Bevy's in uh, Centennial. Total? Total? Not in total. Not yet. Will you not ask yet, for it by name? We're working on that. Go in and ask you for it by name. you got to go ask for it, otherwise they won't sell it. That'd be fantastic. And take a picture of yourself doing it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Well, thank you guys. Thank you guys. Thank we really you, appreciate man. being a part of this. It's uh, quite an honor. So part of the you. community. Meridium Spirits. Let's hear it from yeah, Meridium Spirits you, and Daniel you. Ecker. Good to see you, man. That's fantastic. Okay, uh, Daniel, get ready for course number two. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I love you, brother. Uh, we're going to go to a Zoom call right now, and I think they're just working it. But here's a really cool feature of the Modern Eater, what we do at these dinners, is if the purveyors cannot join us, then we go to them. We, we don't leave them alone. So uh, we have standing by Julie Maroney, and she's with Petraco Farms. This is a centennial farm up in Brighton, Colorado. This is a farm that probably everybody's had produce from. Yes, you have eaten their produce. You don't know this, but if you shop at any local grocery store, you have eaten their product. And now, just a few years ago, what is exciting is they opened up 40 acres of organic land. And her and her brother, this is Julie Maroney, you see. Her brother, Joe Petraco, is the side that is doing the organic. And so they, this is a big family they are working over 3,500 acres that stretch over 65 miles. Their farm goes all the way from Brighton. Julie, tell us. You're on. Hi, Julie. Julie, can you hear you us? You look great, Julie. Can you hear us? Say hello to everybody. Yes, now I can hear you. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Let's say hello to Julie. Hello, everybody. What's happening, Julie? Talk about Petraco Farms for a minute, and then we'll dig in because the chef wants to talk to you about these beans. Of course, of course. Thank you for having me. Petraco Farms is a centennial farm. Uh, we're located in Brighton, Colorado, but our acreage spreads all the way from Brighton to north of Greeley, Colorado, uh, along Highway 85 and the uh, South Platte River Basin. And we are so excited to be a part of this. We've been in business um, as a family now for five generations. So um, this is kind of reconnecting us with the Denver community and just really excited to be a part of it. Hey, um, bring up the chef's microphone, if you would. Chef Kyle Mendenhall here with us tonight. I don't know if you guys have ever had the opportunity to meet. Have you, Julie? Met Chef Mendenhall? No, I have not. Uh, Chef Ben Hi, Julie. You, nice you can hear his you. voice. There it is. I see you. You you can't <laughs> see him, but he's <laughs> very hard angle right I'm, now. <laughs> I'm looking. Okay. Take our word on it. So Chef is plating food right now, and Chef, tell her what you're uh, what you're putting together, would you? Um, I had heard that it was a wonderful year for beans in Colorado, and I saw that you had some beans available, so I figured we'd do 
a mix of uh, some Harry Colbert, some yellow wax beans, and some dragon tongue beans. Wonderful. Um, yeah, doing those with a little whole grain mustard dressing, some toasted sesame seed, uh, crispy shallots, and uh, I'm grating a little bit of batarga over the top of it as we speak. This dish that looks incredible. So it's a farm collaboration because the very small farm in my backyard, I grow garlic chives. And last year I had garlic chive seeds, and I pulled the seeds when they were still a little green, and I pickled them. And so and they're like a little garlic chive caper on top. Well, that sounds like you know what you're doing. Do we you, wish you were here, Joe. Yeah, we you, know you had family stuff tonight. Do you have fear of missing yes. out? Oh, I do too. Believe me. Believe me. I, I, I'm there in spirit, and I'm, I'm, I'm admiring everyone who's able to attend. Well, we will see you later on this week. I think you'll be joining us for dinner tomorrow night. There you go. And we look forward to seeing you then. But you guys, tell me the truth. You've never seen it, unless you've been to a Modern Eater dinner. You haven't seen this type of the chef interacting with the farm, have you? You yeah. haven't? You have or haven't? You well, have or and haven't. you guys are crazy. Julie looks great. You should see her working on the farm. You know, she like doesn't look like a farm girl right now, but she is Julie Petraco. Originally, now she's married to the fire chief out there, but it's uh, <laughs> Julie Maroney. But what this Thank family you. does for Colorado, you guys, is incredible at so many different levels. They feed people. They, they take their scraps and feed animals. They do everything that is what a true farm should be doing in Colorado. And I just, Julie, to you, your brothers, your father, your mother, all that has made Petraco what it is today. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Julie. Appreciate you so much. And uh, let's hear it for Julie Maroney, if you would. Thank you, Julie. Yeah. Let's do it. That's good stuff. Okay, Julie, thank you. We'll see you tomorrow night. We're going to continue on here with dinner. This is my favorite time tonight. The sun's starting to set. We'll bring the music up. How's this dish tasting, you guys? Can you see that? Did any, that's a good sign. Has anybody taken a picture of this dish? It's kind of silent, don't you think? Uh, yeah, that's full. a good thing. Are you taking a photo, sir? Absolutely. Okay, I can't wait to see it. Take your photos, hashtag fall dinner series, and uh, also hashtag Petraco Farms on this one as well. All right, All right. dig in, have some fun, and we will continue with uh, up next is going to be, I believe Charles Talbot's going to join us and Tommy Knocker as well. All right, enjoy this dish. We'll be right back. Q, was this 50, bud? It should be more than Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, Shiza, sorry. Excellent, excellent. Um, well, so I'm about to turn okay. on Chef Kyle because he is... Oh, I, I didn't want to scream it out, but... <laughs> okay, right on. Everybody clap your hands here. Okay. Well, no, I, I was giving him a second here. He's looking for something, so I don't, I don't want to get into somewhere a full business court. too much. But folks, I can't seem to. We've got some cool stuff going on back here because what he did with this red cabbage to. tonight, off the charts, threw it right Where's on. Hey, if you'll follow out? me over here with that camera real quick, if the there? people at home can see this, what I'd like to show them is, is this right here is where all this cabbage was cooked. So if you look over Thanks here, you know, one, thank you, Proud Souls Barbecue, um, and Rockwood this can for go this back. awesome, awesome charcoal. We're looking at our Yoder Grill, and what Please. they did is they thank took you. the cabbage and they put it right onto the charcoal. Maybe in the car. Like that. Then that cabbage got roasted, 
and it roasted, and the outside of the cabbage turned black, completely black, roasted the whole thing, and it gives it this different flavor because what he does is you let it sit and steep in its own steam, and all of a sudden, magic opens up because the flavor profile from that cabbage, it's a sweet, and it's like a little smoky. To me, it was incredible. Chef, is there anything I can help you find? <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Let's see. What do we need to find? No, I'm fairly content, actually. Thank you, though, for the Beautiful. Offer. You do such a great job, I got to tell you. Oh, um, come on. Whenever you want to, you know, if you're at a place, you want to talk, you tell me. I don't want to bother you, but I'm telling people about how you made this cabbage. Insane. The cabbage. Yeah, you saw it. You saw it, and it looked, it looked horrific, but in the end, it comes out nice and pretty and beautifully purple. And really tasty. You even had a snack already. You I had, had a piece. A snack, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, it's, you it's, it's like this, like, it's got this smoky, but a deeper flavor than just cabbage. I mean, it really is. For me, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, cabbage raw is, is delicious, but then it's, it's its own thing. But um, cabbage cooked this way becomes extremely, you really taste the sweetness of the cabbage. Um, it kind of concentrates its flavor and that, that, that charring of the outside gives a really nutty flavor. I keep saying, I've said nutty flavor like 10 times, but I really like the nutty flavor. Um, and there's there's nothing else that I think you can really quite get that same kind of flavor um, without doing it whole in the coals, uh, letting it go for a long time, sacrificing a few of the outer layers. Where um, in the world does this, does this dish or originate from? Um, I mean, that's like, a good question. Did, did this is just something you came up with? I don't know. I mean, thing? you know, there's definitely there's this sort of, um, you know, Francis Molman is a famous chef, um, very famous chef. Um, he is in Patagonia now, I believe, and he does a lot of cooking outside. And when he's cooking outside, you know, you don't have all the resources at your fingertips, um, and so you know, he's throwing like whole oranges in, into the coals in the fire he's throwing whole that whole acorn squash going into the fire so i think that's where it, it started for me was watching him do that and um when i started doing it with uh, cabbage is because we had a wood grill at arcana where i was at the time and so we just started experimenting and found out that it's, it's super delicious and it doesn't you know you don't have to be like an expert cook and we're not like you know looking at the minutes and not setting a timer or anything like there's a lot of forgiveness Yep. Because if you let it go too long, you just peel one more layer away. <laughs> so, you know, it's a sort of a, a chef's secret on that one. Well, quite honestly, I mean, this is something that everybody should be listening to because, you know, we, we love this the Proud Souls equipment that we're able to cook on. Oh, you yeah. Know, that, that Yoder, you know, Yoder. The Yoder, grill, the Yoder was awesome. Rocks. And if you have a charcoal grill at home, now listen. One, you have to be elevated, right? This isn't, I'm not talking about Brinksman or any of that cheap charcoal. you got to have a really a good charcoal, right, to start this off with. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. Yes, it does make a huge difference. Um, and, and, you know, you'll taste, like, sort of the chemically, you know, sort of after effects if, you, if you're using, a, like, a bad charcoal. Um, so it's, it's, it's important. When you're yeah. trying to taste something, I mean, there's nothing... This cabbage is not salted, not anything. Like, it's just cabbage. So, you know, you got to be really careful that you don't mess that up. You know, it almost kind of goes reverse and becomes harder to, like, make sure that you don't do anything to mess it up than it is to try to, like, 
season it with this and season it with that, right? Classic kind of young chefs tend to overdo it a lot. Well, and I think that that speaks to that one thing, Kyle. Killer ingredients, great ingredients, shouldn't really take much more than salt and pepper to make them awesome. I mean, you know, when, you know, chefs always say, like, when you start, yeah, when you start with something good, you have a whole lot better chance of producing something good and enhancing it, making it, you know, maybe better in some way, more depth to it, right? But if you start with something bad, I mean, you might be the greatest chef there ever was. And, you know, to turn bad into something amazing just doesn't happen. So you have to start good, for sure. And, and I got to tell you, it's so cool to work with the Petraco family because, you know, several years ago, we started talking about the organic side. And we're like, hey, if we did this, what would we do? And so some of the cool things that I love about now is it's, they're three years into this organic program, and we're seeing these cool things that, you know, you're getting local shishito peppers, local gold and chioja oh, and red beets. And no one's doing, you know, this is stuff, and all my Italian friends would, are texting me right now saying, say <laughs> it right. It's not chioja. It's Ch chigioja. Chigioja, <laughs> yeah, chioja. Um, but, you know, the, the food is just... When you come from good family farms like this, Thank you. it just makes the meal that much better, and it makes your job that much easier, I think. You know? Yes. I mean, but you do an incredible... You're too kind. You, I mean, You're uh, too Kyle, kind. You, just know trying that, to just, you know I love you, man. You know, I'm just trying to cook good food, brother. That's the it. man who just takes his leeks, and he takes the greens off of his leeks, Mark, and he dries them out, oh, grinds yeah. them up, and waits for food? next year when he can't get local leeks. He takes... This is a guy, he would take his, he doesn't like to use stuff that's not local, but when he does, like, he would, he would do, uh, what was it? It was, uh, not clams, but scallops, right? Oh, was, yeah, save the, save the little side muscle from the scallop, um, and we would salt cure it, and then dry it, and, or smoke it, and then dry it, and then pulverize it into a powder, and it was, like, the most amazing, like, shellfish kind of natural dashi msge kind of thing but it was completely natural and 99 percent of people just throw it away yeah i mean and this is somebody who knows how to use every piece of what he is utilizing in his dishes to make sure i mean and that's what a great chef does because that's how you save money that's how you, you have to do it yes different flavors use everything as opposed to just using I mean, it's like you have to do it. You have to be smarter about it. Yeah. You know, it's like the, the most wasteful chefs are the ones that have the worst food cost or charge the most, you know? <laughs> well, and it's that concept about if you've only got tenderloin on your menu, is there not many other cuts in an animal than tenderloin? Right. I mean, I suppose if you can get away with, you know, selling it for whatever, 75 bucks a plate or something, great, you know, but most people aren't going to be able to afford that. And there's plenty of other delicious cuts of beef that you can have that um, are far more approachable and far cheaper because, you know, they're making all their money on the filet. So, so, yeah, so, exactly. so they can have a lot more uh, affordable cuts available. Well, it's like get yourself a Denver steak, get yourself a flat iron, get yourself one of these unusual steaks that no one's using, and you're going to save some money and have some great flavors. i got to look for something real quick. I'm sorry. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so, Greg, tell us... What do you think about those beans? 
The beans are amazing. I, I just love the flavor of only salt. That one. So the temperature is really what strikes me on the beans. Uh, just a, a, a nice chilled temperature. Um, thank you for coming. Thanks for all your help. We go ask Aaron to just. You guys you check can the taste fish, that please. Garlic. You can taste all of the uh, the other ingredients that he has here that he. Um, I swear how, there's. How would you say how does this happen? I swear there's right? another court somewhere. Well, I um, think it's awesome. Two. Oh, sorry. Okay. Three. Get it. I'll get it up on you. Um. Well. I would say exactly that. I get a little Asian um, sensation on those it. shallots that he put on yeah, the top it, of it, there. It's white those and it doesn't say anything on it. Thank you very much, sir. And and like okay, how's that said, fish it's like looking? It's crack. It's waiting to taste. Okay, it is great. so good. And gently. I mean, bring this guy up. And just isn't um, it evoking summer a little bit? It's and that gets going back. right. We're grilling lamb. We're grilling I mean, bok choy. And we're heating up green chili. And we'll just add this right at the end just to keep it nice and bright and green. Um, that's all that's on the next course. I think it's interesting. See if you can catch a couple of these ladies back here that are eating this dish. Go behind the scenes, you guys. Okay, we're going to come back here behind the scenes. I'm going to scare some of... Hey, ladies, I want to put you on. Are you ready? Okay. Okay, you got to taste the bean dish, right? Okay, folks, just so you're back at home, this is the awesome, awesome... I don't even want to call you staff. This is like the family at Carboy Winery. They're just great people. Yes. And so you were just trying the beans. What do you think? Amazing. So good. I can't believe he grows so much in his backyard. I need to know how he does it because I can't. Any special flavors you got out of it? Um, well, I got a little sourness to it. Also, the crunch was ideal just because with beans, sometimes it can be a little, I don't know. You, you can miss out on that. Exactly. So it was, it was great. I love it. I love it. You all are rocking it. Thank you. And I'm so glad you get to be a part of this. So thank you. Thank you, ladies. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. What a fun night, folks. What a fun night. Look at the crowd. See how they're so quiet. They're enjoying their food. They're getting deep. The people that we have out here, folks, just, I mean, look at the, just like the love, the connection. You're, you're getting to talk with the farmers. You're getting to engage with the people that are making your food and making the greatness all around you. So, man, thanks for tuning in. We're going to keep bringing this back and back and back. I'm going to sneak away because I want to eat a little bit of food myself. So um, we'll get some action on the chef. His mic might still be live, so let's watch chef for a second. Hmm? Oh, that's great. Yeah, we should snack on it. You should snack on it. Um, I'm just trying to keep track of the stuff here. Oop. Okay. Actually, I don't even... Try to tidy up our, uh, our space here a little bit. I found what I was looking for. I was, like, totally distracted all that time because I was like, oh, my God. Where, where is it? <laughs> but we found it, so it's all good. Everything comes together like that. The night is winding down, or the daylight, I should say. And everything is moving right along. Gosh, I keep staring at that cabbage because I tell you, <laughs> I could do so much and just eat it plain. Oh, my gosh. Hey, you just gnaw on it. Fish is out. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Mark. Yeah.
How are we? What, how are we looking for this next course? Folks, I don't know if you can hear that what do you back at home, what do you but do you hear how kind oh, and polite this chef is in his bottom. own kitchen? He is just he is just one of the most genuine people. The way he treats his staff, the way he treats his farmers, the way he treats his purveyors. Everything about this guy. Chef Kyle Mendehall and what he brings to the table is just awesome. And so everyone over at the Big Red Up... You just don't know how lucky you are to have a guy like this because he just crushes it on every aspect, on the food, the personnel, and the relationships. And he is like the triple threat, great friend. And next you're level. gonna never talk good about me again. I, well, the crazy <laughs> thing is, Kyle, you're using it all up in one night. No, I talk this way about you. You don't know this. You, truly, whenever I'm around people and they, your name comes up, you're. I, I will never say that I've had such a genuine relationship with the chef. You're a good guy, brother. I Thank mean, you. But it is. This is like you it is. are a genuine person. That no, we, we talk about how to solve problems together, right, instead of just problems. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that is exactly. Um, gosh. And, and we're it's in the marinade. Yeah, probably. Let's do a little bit so it gets on the surface, especially on the fat side. And Chef Kyle. It would be great to hit it on that fat us. side first. And um, he let it go leaving, for a bit. Um, his is position with Trout is in here. Actually, asking himself, what is he doing with his chef life? Took a little time off, and then came back to the vid right up. I was sort of saying, you know, you were at our first summer dinner series. You were a chef at our first summer dinner series yep. down at AJ's Barbecue. Yeah. And thank you, Jared Leonard, for that. Yep. Um, beautiful place. He's still rocking it out over there. But then. You know, you had just opened a, a restaurant yourself, which was Arcana, after you left the kitchen group. Yeah, I mean, I, all, I didn't open it, but yes, it was newly opened, yeah. and I joined them early. Yep. yep. Well, but I'll tell you, you really helped guide them on, because the chef there really, that originally started that place, cared. Oh, yeah. But he wasn't from Colorado, and I don't think he understood the, etho, the eth, ethos or the ecosystem here in Colorado as well as you did. And... And you were a, yeah, maybe. A, an incredible addition to the team. I mean, he, just because, and I, I don't say that in any disrespect, he just wasn't from oh, no, Colorado. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he didn't know what, what powerful connections he might be able to really make here. Right. And you stepped in and really solidified that. But then you, you, you sort of said, hey, I'm going to take some time off. I'm going to check life out and see if I'm on the right course. <laughs> My children were getting older. <laughs> yeah. I was afraid they'd leave the house before I got to see them. <laughs> well, and, and that is a hard thing. And, and you know, and I What's think that, that everything you've just heard me talk about, um, Chef Kyle, is so accurate. Because he's just that genuine guy. And what he said right there is so important. His kids, his family, more seconds. took precedence over what he was doing for his career. Okay. And that, you know, folks, if we can find that balance, um, Would you do this for me, please, And I Mark? would say... It's um, more than having to find it. We have to push ourselves in that direction. And Chef Kyle did. The trout Spent some out. time with his family. And I'm sitting but here. I would like what to go through and pull and is the skewers out. And how okay. could he get back into cooking and keep the balance with the family? And so and that's oh, when boy, he took on a whole new position. I got it, I got it, I got it. Not a top. chef, but he took on a, a whole new position as a director, a culinary director for an organization. And I don't even okay. know if that's his real title. So you go down with miso... Then one piece of cabbage and then shrimp yes. on top. Oh, man. I, I truly. How do I know when we're ready for the next course? You're ready. Oh. You're ready. Great. So you, you go right ahead, sir. 
I'd love it. Jay Parker, let me turn this over to you, babe. I'd, I'd love to finish those beans over there, man. We'll do that. Uh, we'll let the, uh, the viewers listen to some beautiful ambient noise of folks chit-chatting. We'll let you finish your beans. I'm going to eat tomorrow, and uh, everybody wins. And I love Chef Kyle, and, uh, yeah, we'll be right back. Uh, you know, uh, Frontier Trout Ranch is coming up. Charles Talbot from Talbot Farms is coming up. All right, go, fin go, finish, your, go finish your beans. Q, would you... Okay, okay, okay. How was that course, you guys? Did you enjoy that one? Yes, that was. Chef, uh, Chef Mendenhall, that was a pleaser right there. Good. I'm Thank you so much. My pleasure. I'm glad to hear that everybody yep. had their beans tonight and enjoyed them. All right, everybody, the shallots, right? The crispy shallots, crispy they want to know shallots. more. I'll, yeah. I'll tell you, those shallots, that's, those are, they're, they're like, um, you know, they're like crack. They're like a drug when you eat them. They're so good. But the trick is, and nobody ever told me this before, um, you know, because I tried them many different times, but um, the trick is you start them in cold oil, right? So you shave or cut the shallots really thin, put them in cold oil, and then let it come up slowly because that allows time for the moisture to evaporate off, and then it starts to caramelize and get crispy. Because if you just throw them in a hot fryer, they're going to turn black instantly. The sugar in the shallot's going to caramelize too far and, and they'll come out black and soft so the real trick there slice them real thin and then put them in uh, I just fried them in canola oil let it come up slowly and uh, then they'll get nice and crispy and they won't turn too dark yep and one other but, trick is you got to go to Strohauer Farms yeah there you and go. get Amber Strohauer to dig these shallots for you <laughs> literally I walked around and so many people said crispy shallots I need sure. to know what's up by the pound you want them right <laughs> by the pound. Um, okay, we've got some. Uh, so third course is coming out. What's coming out, Chef? This is the fish course. I think the fish course is coming up. We have Charles Talbot here with us. Who's heard of Talbot Farms? Anybody? It's a Colorado farm. Talbot Farms. Another hundred year plus farm. Hundred and thirteen years. I don't know. Let's ask. Let's ask Charles. Wait. Let's hear for Charles Talbot. Charles Talbot. Hey man. Good to see you again. Come on up here. It's okay. You're good man. All right, can you guys hear me better now? Oh, yeah. Uh, my name is Charles Talbot. I'm a uh, sixth-generation farmer in Palisade, Colorado. And much like they said, 113 years in business. And today we farm peaches, wine grapes, uh, apples, plums, pears, cherries. We make apple cider. We make hard cider, wine. And we supply a bunch of the different wineries uh, around Colorado. That, uh, we went and had a tour last week, I think it was. Was it last week? Yeah. Olive oil. Uh, just Sorry. great to see all of the things that you have going on. But basically, a, truly a family business, right? Every, um, your, your dad, his bro two brothers, and your dad? Uh, we have three generations currently working at the farm. Wow. Uh, my grandma, grandpa is semi-retired. He's there just to haggle everybody. Yes. He does a good job of that. And then my dad and his two brothers... Uh, run the farming and the operation side, and then my brother and I run the alcohol beverage side of the company. What did we get for Chef tonight? Chef, what are you using here from Talbot Farms tonight? Just went out on this course, some beautiful apples. Thank you. They were absolutely delicious. I purposely made the recipe a little smaller so there were a few extra, you know, <laughs> so I could snack on them because it was the only thing, it was the only thing I ate today. It was an apple. It was an apple. It was a honey crisp, right? I feel like it was a honey crisp. It yep. was my favorite variety of apple, firm, tart, and they're juicy this year, too. 
Really good. So Chef, thank I you. grabbed some Asian pears from there too. I gotta share those with you because that can be you know that's something that can we be didn't dessert talk then. about. Is there pears? And um, in particular, one of my favorites, the Asian pear. Um, you guys just rock it, though. I'll tell you, your cider, which I, I wish we had some to share with you guys, because they did a barrel-aged cider that truly the nose tastes like, smells like a whiskey. And then you drink it, and it's crisp and bright like apples. And you forget the whiskey, and you forget everything when it's done, and you want another glass. <laughs> you forget about everything. Um, you, the number one thing that you want people to go away, the lasting impression, Talbot Farms, Charles Talbot, Tell somebody, tell us all if what you would like to know backyard, about your farm. Uh, I guess the biggest thing is it's just Thanks, a family buddy. farm. You know, it, it's, there's not a whole lot of family farms left in the United States, and uh, we've managed to survive six generations, and if we can survive another six, we'd be happy to be there. So, uh, uh, other than that, yeah, support local. Keep eating local. Yeah. Keep eating local. Don't do that money wandering. Yes, keep, keep it right here local. local. All right, let's hear it for Charles Talbot. We love him. Yes. Here's a treat. You want to see a treat? Look at this monitor right here. You know this guy? Look at <laughs> It's Kermit. Can you here, come around here, Kyle, just a little bit if you can. Look at Kermit. Is He's this a, a friend of yours here? Okay, who's heard of a trout rancher? Right You're like, what? Trout rancher? Yeah, yeah. right here in Sawatch, Colorado. Oh. Uh, we go down and visit him early and often. It's <laughs> Frontier Trout Ranch, and that's Kermit Cranch. Kermit Krantz with a uh, baggie of his native soil <laughs> in uh, Sawatch, Colorado. Good he, to see. He's got his trout hunting gun behind him. <laughs> <laughs> That's Kermit Krantz. Let's hit, hey, Kermit, say hello to everybody out here eating right now. You're trout. Hi, guys. Hi, everybody. Say hello to Kermit, everybody. <laughs> Thanks. What do you think? Uh, this is an old friend of yours. Yes, I know. How, how awesome that you guys were able to get him... Uh, Live and in person. Get him live and in person. Kermit, can you see your great friend Kyle here? Are you are you seeing him? No, I can't. I can, I can see the back room and I see a mirror on the wall, but I don't see Kyle. Oh, okay. okay. We'll get that fixed. We will get no, that. All I can say is Kyle saved my assets many, many times. Thank you, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, of course. You know what, Kermit? Talk about Frontier Trout Ranch. You're doing great things there in Sawatch, Colorado. First of all, where's Sawatch? Give people an idea where that is. Uh, Sawatch is about three and a half hours southwest of Denver. We're in the San Luis Valley. Uh, the San Luis Valley is known for its potatoes, uh, quinoa, and for growing very good organic barley for coors. Uh, we're Colorado's only producer of trout for the food market. Our water comes from a deep artesian well. And we know exactly what's in our water, but more importantly, like we tell people, we know exactly what's not in our water, uh, meaning we know that there's no certain types of steroids and things like that. We raise a very good, fresh rainbow trout, and the best thing is, is that we love to raise this trout because we have people like Kyle that really knows how to make our trout taste great. Uh, love That's that. No, I know. And when you go down, we, we have B-roll that we're showing of going down there. I actually jumped in the water with you, Kermit. Kind of talk about the layout that you have there. Uh, we have a piece of property. It's about 160 acres. Uh, we, we pump around about 10 and a half acre feet per day, which means that means uh, I can take one acre foot of land and put 10 acre feet of water in it. 
Um, our water uh, does not injury uh, the confined aquifer or anything because fish just live in water. Um, we feed our fish a very high protein fish food. And actually we're right now trying an experiment on the test market. We've just been doing it for 30 days. We uh, took um, evasive species or invasive species in the uh, area of Illinois that were Asian carp. And we took those and ground them, dehydrated them. And now we've created the fish food through Noblest Aqua, a company out of uh, Fort Collins, that's trying to start saying, hey, how can we recycle everything? And so that's what we do. We feed them now, trying that. Um, we raise typically a rainbow trout. Uh, we raise them um, from egg to table. We do not use any antibiotics. If we have any type of disease, we use salt, just plain old solar salt to kind of help cure their kind of infections or bacteria or, or any type of parasites. Um, we never sell a frozen fish. We only sell fresh fish. Yeah, I mean sometimes still fresh, swimming fish. Exactly. Now, like tomorrow, I have it delivered to Shamrock Foods. Uh, we'll harvest them about uh, 6 in the morning. We put them on an ice water bath, and by the time we get the shamrock about uh, 9, 9.30 in the morning, they'll just be about euthanized, and then they take them, uh, clean them, process them, and have them out in their trucks that day. Flies. Um, so we only sell fresh fish, and meaning, like I say, it's never been frozen, so you never get that texture breakdown type entity. Um, we are now expanding. I know Kyle in the past has used a lot of our golden trout for just oh, yeah. smoking. And, oh, gosh. I should have asked for golden trout. What was I thinking? Yeah, well, we're trying to get there <laughs> and increase our population golden. Um, we uh, do now have Arctic char. Oh, wow. And, uh, starting in January, we're going to start hatching uh, coho salmon. Wow. So, That's awesome. Oh, yeah, it is. Do I get the like first delivery of char? Um, I've got some char now, so if you want oh, some. Oh, wow. Well, wait, you're bringing us 20 or 30 more pounds for the end of the week, so why don't you throw in a couple? I'll make sure they get to our great friend Kyle. <laughs> hey, well, I, I, don't have already, I don't have it this week for you, but next week I could. Hey, Kermit, nice, nice. let's do this. You stand by. Chef Mendenhall is going to explain this dish to our diners. You can be there at home and drool and hear this dish. Oh, God. <laughs> I, um, am dro I hate my cooking. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you guys are probably already almost all the way through your dish by now. But I did, uh, number one, thank you. Thank you because I chose not to remove the bones. Um, and so I hope you were told to just be careful of that. Um, for a couple of reasons. One, it slows, you, slows us down a little bit and, and allows us to savor it um, and just be careful. And the other is that I really, I really like to cook the trout on the bone, but it, you know, you got to work for it. And if you haven't told or figured out already, we were having another conversation today that, you know, I always feel like things that you have to work for end up tasting better a little bit, maybe. <laughs> Either that or it's just a, a made-up excuse that I just made right now. Um, but anyway, I wanted to make you aware of the bones. So the trout, um, you know, normally you have trout filet or you grill trout whole. Um, you hardly ever have a trout steak, and that's normally because, you know, the, the steak piece, it's hard to get a big portion out of it. And so when we do a multiple-course dinner like this, it's really nice to be able to do a steak. Uh, steak just means that it's cut sort of, you know, 
north-south, right, from the fin down to the belly, as opposed to from the nose to the tail. Um, and so you get a, a different cut across uh, the flesh of the fish, um, but you also have the bone. But um, so I'm not, um, I'm a big appreciator of things of Asian cuisine, but I, I'm not an expert by any means, but I really do love white miso. And I've cooked Kermit's trout uh, hundreds and hundreds of different ways. And so I wanted to try something different. So thank you for being uh, a, a, a guinea pig without knowing it tonight. But anyway, um, so the trout is marinated in a little bit of white miso with some um, sake and a little bit of murin. Um, on the bottom of the plate is a little white miso puree that has some brown butter and cauliflower in it. Um, also kind of really mirroring those, uh, the cabbage flavors. The cabbage was simply, I didn't salt it. I didn't do anything to it. I just put it in the coals and then I cut it um, when it came out. And I'm not sure, I don't want to be repeating myself too much, but we've heard the story about the coal cabbage. Have you all heard the story about the coal cabbage? No, let's hear it. Very simply, I just take whole cabbages and throw them directly onto coals for like an hour and a half, two hours. And just you sacrifice the few outer layers. Um, it is really easy to prep because there's nothing to prep. You just throw it in the coals um, and then let it cook for a good while. You sacrifice a few, a few of the outer layers. And then what happens is the inside, it sort of concentrates its flavors, kind of the same idea as the beet earlier. Um, it gets a lot sweeter and it gets a lot nuttier. And so... Um, just kind of trying to do it really straightforward. It's a way that people, most people probably haven't had cabbage before. Um, so I hope you enjoyed that. And then lastly, I uh, had sort of the apple dressing, which is around the side. So small diced uh, honey crisp apple, a uh, little toasted caraway in there, some uh, chive, and a little bit of olive oil around it. So kind of this play with white miso and a little bit of Asian, and then you've got some good kind of classic cabbage cabbage, apple, caraway flavors going on. So I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope no one um, swallowed a bone. <laughs> How'd it turn out? What do you guys think? Delicious? Yeah. Oh, good. oh my goodness. <laughs> Kermit Kranz, thank you. Let's hear for Kermit Kranz. Kermit. Kermit. Thank you, Kermit. Thank you, Kermit. Thank you. We love thank you, my you friend. Sorry. Good, Is this guys? the only one? Oh, my goodness. Kermit Kranz. He's one of our favorite, man. So, Greg, do you think that they're starting to understand when I said at the beginning of the night, are you ready Sorry. for a next it's not, level just being a little bit bigger place. I mean, has everything tonight next? been like, wow, this is, there's three guys back here okay, I'll put, <laughs> making all this happen. Kyle has been prepping by himself for days. But, I mean, I think it's coming out flawlessly. And as a cabbage, everything I said earlier, I mean, are you just, sure this isn't out of a box or a can? Or yeah, oh no, totally! Didn't you know that? I thought it was. It's microwave. <laughs> All of it. Uh, <laughs> right. All right, we're gonna turn the music back up. Let you guys finish this course, and then the main course is gonna be coming up next. Uh, fall dinner series. Thanks for joining us, you guys. We really appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Because we, we, we've, we've got a long history and kept them alive and then yeah. 
and then had him and then went to bat for him with uh, with Shamrock and now he's back up in action again. You know that's a harvest moon. Woo. Yeah. All right, uh, back on the uh, are we overhead? Oh, I have not. No. Oh, I can only imagine. Okay. Um, thanks for joining us here tonight. This is day two of the fall dinner series. I don't know how we pulled this off. And, and, and you know, without community, which is what we're highlighting, we wouldn't have pulled it off without the community. No, not at all. And um, But I can't believe you started talking without trying that trout. Greg. Well, i, I got to tell you, jump in there. I, I will fill some space because... I just took a bite of that, and how do you approach it? Well, so he mentioned I just I, I pulled oh, yeah. the skin off, and then I went in and put a little of that sauce on the side that he's talking about—that white miso with the white miso mm. with a little bit of Honeycrisp apples. Perfectly oh my cooked. gosh! You know, listen, I don't know why I'm talking so soft. I think it's just because this guy Kyle behind me is a gentle giant. Mm -hmm. I mean, hasn't raised his voice, hasn't like had a freak out moment, even when he couldn't find what he needed. He was totally calm. He's like, listen, He's guys. A pro. Yeah, either yeah, we're talking about you. Oh. It's delicious. <laughs> well, and and tell the tell the listeners, Greg, and, and the people watching, the flavor and the the texture of the trout is it's just like it's flaky, it's falling off, it's almost like a different fish. It, well, it's 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 interesting that you say that because one of the things that I would say remarkable is a lot of the rap that that trout gets is it's so fishy. This is mild to say the least but i think it's the accoutrements that are doing that to it well the um, balance of flavors yeah. right with the, the miso a little yep. bit of the white miso and that apple and then there's that cabbage again right and did you hear he said he put nothing on the cabbage nothing <laughs> i just i does that cabbage taste like nothing is on it <laughs> this is a dish i don't know how you top this i really don't um one thing that i do know brian is how spoiled we are and how spoiled anybody who comes to one of our dinner series. <laughs> uh, this is the, they say Colorado. You know what's the food scene like? It's like this. Yeah, I mean you're not getting this. I'll tell you. I've had this conversation for years and years and years. You do not get good food. California peaches, folks. They're rock hard. You get, like, Georgia peaches. I don't even know that I've ever really had a good Georgia. I've had every Georgia peach I've had has been mealy. And not this is not a slam. All I'm saying is, is we've got Colorado and we've got a pride to Colorado that is all around how we grow, oh God, how we sustain so our crazy winters. Hey, Craig Jones, are you eating? What? Are you eating? Not right now. Oh, my God, this fish dish. Do you want to drive a fork? Oh, oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's it. That, there's another thing. Summer dinner series and fall dinner series. Networking. Networking. Yeah. I was just going to say that. It's huge. I mean, you, you've got people at these tables that everyone's separate, but the table's only six feet apart, and you can scream to your neighbor and say, how did that taste? What's interesting is, I don't know how interesting it is, but here it is a couple days into fall, right? Um, truly, fall has begun. Here's fall dinner series. Very appropriate that we're having it now. I think we're about a night away from the harvest moon. Is it? Is that just one night? Yeah, that's not a full moon right there, but it's coming real quick. I'll tell you what, all of the ingredients that are in these dinners, we worked hard to get. Sourced them around the state. You and Jay Parker running from farm to farm. Great job. You did a wonderful job.
Well, thank you. Um, but it, it wouldn't come to, together without people like, and sorry you see me pulling these bones, but they are awesome, and I want to suck each one dry. Um, but, you know, I was going to say, it wouldn't be possible without the people like the Patracos, like the Talbots, you know, like Hazeldell mushrooms. And they're so into it, too. Yeah. I mean, well, and even one that's not... You wouldn't consider them local because they pull everything yep. out of the country, but cheese importers, man, they've just... we got to get Robbie up. Who do we yeah. have left? we got to talk to Robbie, and we got to talk to Tommy Knocker. Yep, we've got Robbie, we've got Tommy Knocker, we've got Carboy, we've got Snap from Carboy coming on, so we've got... And then, um... We'll bring Robbie over to the table, too. Listening to Robbie talk about food is fantastic. He's a stellar human being with a passion for food and local that it's beyond. So we'll talk to Robbie coming up. Uh, everybody doing just a great job. It's a wonderful night. It's one of those nights to where the chef kind of dictates the mood, and the mood is very mellow and very into the food. That's what it's all about. Well, and that goes why, why I was telling the folks why I'm talking so low, because it's just, it's not that I don't have the energy that, you know, Greg and Brian always bring to every bring show. It. It's just, this is, we are mirroring what the love Sarah McCarthy. Here. Hey, homies. Hey, what's happening, Sarah? Elizabeth Blythe, hello from New Jersey. Hello, Elizabeth. How are Elizabeth you? Elizabeth is in the house. One of our loyal New Jersey followers. Thank you. Uh, Julie Maroney, she couldn't um, she couldn't get enough of us, so she chimed in. I couldn't hear you guys when I first came on, and so don't mind me fixing my hair. LOL. Didn't know I was live yet. Heck, it's all part of the fun. Keep on rocking the Modern Eater crew. I got to tell you, I love Julie and her whole family. Yeah. I mean, they are just, and and I hope, I'm bummed because Sue was supposed to be here tomorrow night. Julie sent me a text late today. Don't she, tell me Sue's not Sue's coming. Sue's not coming tomorrow, but we've got to get them here because, listen, the patriarch of the family, how could you not bring Mama Sue on and have her talk about the Petraco family? I mean, just, they're just genuinely good, good folks out of Petraco Farms. Okay, we're going to try and pull off something pretty cool, Brian. Tell me more. Well, Chef Mendenhall, he's getting his kitchen. Look at that. It's like a brand new kitchen. They turn around from dishes. He's getting ready and prepared. I want to have Chef demo this next one, and I think he's getting really close to it. So what we're going to do is we're going to sit back. We're going to turn this on and get the chef mic'd up and ready to go. Once he's ready to go, we're going to bring it on over the house. And uh, I don't know. Let me ask Jay. If he thinks that we should bring it on over the house or if this should just be on the stream. Uh, you keep it going here for a second, Brian, and uh, I will be right back. Here's what you want to do. Oh, there's Jay. Hey, Jay, well, the question is is that we do want Chef to demo. Oh, we just lost Jeff. Oh, that's fine. We want Chef to demo this dish, so should we do it in-house? So, folks, I apologize. You have to watch me eat and dissect this, but oh, my gosh. Every one of these dinners is so good. Tonight, though, I can't miss out. I don't get to eat with my friend Chef Kyle much because he doesn't have his own restaurant. He works for an awesome group that is so lucky um, to have him just because he's just the most genuine person, one of the next-level chefs. Love it, love it, love it, love it. I feel like I'm so late serving food because it's talking, oh, no, talking actually, all the time. And I can't they, they say the timing is awesome, that the people are happy, happy, happy out there. <laughs> I'm seasoned. That's okay. Anything. Anything you want, man. Anything you want. I'll tell you when your mic's hot. Oh, I'm sorry. 
It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's no heat. It's no heat. Okay, so Chef's microphone is going to go hot here and uh, in the kitchen. This is what I love to do is be in the kitchen with the chef. So here it is, Logan Street, well-appointed, spacious patio, but outside, Elevation Food Service reps built us a kitchen. Um, we've got a great uh, uh, smoker. We've got a yoder. We've got a, a range, uh, everything that you would need, a wash sink. Uh, hot and cold, chef's mic's on. This is going to be gr good. If you tuned into the stream, you're on at the right time. Share this if you want to. Um, chef Kyle Mendenhall is going to take it away in the kitchen. I'm going to take it away in the kitchen? Take it away, chef. Take it away. <laughs> you got it. Take it away. Um, what would you like me to Just talk kitchen about? talk. Just I mean, talk to Mark. Yeah, do your thing. Just yeah, what are you prepping now? Wait, he's back there prepping. This looks like the cornbread, isn't it? It is the cornbread. This is a sneak peek on the dessert here as we're trying to stay ahead of the game. We're about to serve the entree course right now, which is some Colorado lamb. Super excited about that. And uh, Mark, who's been a fantastic help this whole evening, is starting to cut the blue cornmeal cornbread for dessert. Oh, you're good. Thank you, though. Yeah, brother. That looks great. Yeah. Just keep trying to, like, when you cut it, right, use that as your line. I know it's pretty thin, right? That's what we're doing, right? Awesome. Thank you. If anything, just go below that that top line is really what's most important. So you can preserve the way the top looks. Thanks, bud. Okay. Thanks. How are those lambs? Do they need a rest? Can I do a demo one for these guys first? I kind of want to try it also. I was thinking assembly line. What do you think about that for this one? Like one, two, three touches and send. Instead of, because if we play them all out, they're going to get cold. So, yes. Yeah. When you have time, right before we serve this, could you go back into that room and tell them what this next Sure. They wanted to hear about the trial, but yeah. We'll just do this actually. Okay. Is that all right? I mean, I just like it's. If I leave here, then no one knows how to plate this mess. Yeah, yeah. And then once you know what I mean at a place. I mean, I'm happy to go chat with them, and then I'll come back and do this, or or we get this going and. Okay. Okay. As long as we're not waiting, making people wait too long. Okay. Um, that'll give the chance, the lamb a chance to. Barry Marcana, uh, yeah. What else are missing? Oh, Centro, Zolo, Lola. There's a whole bunch of them out there. So obviously this man carries a big responsibility, <laughs> and we're fortunate to be dining with him. So with that, yeah. thank you. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'll introduce the next course. Um, but, yeah, happy that you guys are here tonight. Thanks so much for coming. I really appreciate it. I'm sorry that you're sort of secluded back here away because I didn't know. Um, so the beet dish, you probably heard me talk about, right? And then we had the bean dish as well. Um, and then this last course was uh, the Colorado trout, which is my most favorite farm fish. And, you know, you've heard my long speech about thank you for the laborious effort of going through and 
portion, especially for a bunch of guys back here. But um, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'll assume you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, so those of you from out of town, too, will appreciate this next course. Um, you know, we've got, it's really based around green chili and Colorado lamb. Uh, not two things that you see normally together, right? You see pork green chili and things like that. So I wanted to kind of tart it up a little bit and do something a little bit different. Um, and so I made a green chili the, the way that I like to make green chili, but I, I made it a little different so it's a little bit more saucy, so kind of pureed it, blended it a little bit more. But it's got the Pueblo green chilies in it, which are, there's this big thing between, you know, Colorado, Pueblo chili, and New Mexico patch green chili, right? And they're both really good, and they both come from the same common ancestor. They're both like Anaheim's, but the Pueblo is really nice. It's really meaty, more meaty, uh, thicker than uh, New Mexico chili, and it's also got a little bit more kick to it. So hopefully you'll enjoy that sauce. Colorado lamb, right? This is a lamb sirloin um, known to be really tender, and also uh, Colorado lamb is also pretty fairly mild, um, so it's not really overly gamey. And so it plays to a lot of beef feeders and stuff like that as well. That's marinated with some ancho chili and a little black garlic, which is one of my favorite things to use, kind of like feeding chef, because uh, it's so um flavor to it, right? That fifth sense. Um, and then lastly, bok choy is on there as well. And bok choy is a vegetable that people don't normally use, certainly in America, right? We're used to, you know, broccoli or something else like that, another brassica, right? And they're all same family, same kind of flavors. Um, cabbages, mustard, greens, and mustard family, and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, so um, that's just grilled real simply, and then tossed with a little bit of olive oil and a little bit of sherry vinegar. And I mean, that's it. So really sort of a simple, straightforward dish. And then after that, uh, we'll go into dessert. I uh, really wanted to highlight um, in one of our restaurants, Zolo, we use it a lot. We actually make cornbread and put it away to the single table that comes head there we do it the very first thing as you sit down and I thought well why don't we try to do it as a dessert and kind of go a different way I like to mix it up like that so that has a little uh, pumpkin diplomat cream which is like pastry cream and uh, whipped cream folded in together and then I made a grape sauce from some grapes from my backyard I mean really it's only like one vine but it has tons of grapes and it was snowing right like a couple weeks ago or it was going to snow and so I cut all the grapes and then they're all there and I had to do something with them so I made a basically a jelly out of it, um, just sugar and grapes, that's it. And it's super intense, really strong, really delicious. We'll go great with, uh, with some wine. Um, and then we got some other Colorado grapes uh, that I'm roasting as well. So that's not, not too much information. I'll come check on you by the end of the night, but that'll at least give you something to think about for right now. All right? Yeah, gentlemen, thank you. Yeah, you bet, man. No problem. Those guys, yeah. Thank you. What do you think? That's pretty good, eh? I do have a little uh, smoked salt we can finish with as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's good, man. That's good. 
Is that okay? I didn't say anything bad, did I? <laughs> just going over the stream. Um, flowers on the finish. All these things on the finish. Okay. Yep. Do you want me to slice and dice? You want me to slice and dice? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, fifteen, fourteen, fifteen. So three and three and. I need my sharp knife then. <laughs> nah, we're we're golden. Thank you. Um are you ready for the next course? Okay. All right, Mark, let's take a break from doing that. Uh, yeah, hopefully not. We'd like to serve our guests out there. towel that I laid out right there. You grab one pot at a time.
right, let me think here. This is... assembly line on this one, Mark, because we want to keep the plates nice and warm. Um, you can keep stirring it, but just go down one spoonful, just like that, okay? I guess you don't really need that if you're going to pick it up. Up front here, not on the board. Sorry, thanks. I'm just going to have to be cutting lamb here in two seconds. Um, the half sheet tray. We're ready if you want to get some service. We'll be, the food will be coming off like this. Okay. 
Okay, I keep asking you guys, how was our last course? I'm, I mean, how was it? Yeah, that was, was pretty good. good. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, you I think everybody's well, really, really you know pleased that with tonight's uh, dinner as it t turned out delicious. Okay, who's been on I-70? Anybody? You've been oh, on I-70? Who's headed up to the mountain? You haven't been yes. on I-70? All right. Uh, heading up to the mountains, uh, Idaho Springs. Anybody been to Idaho Springs? Then you've been to Tommy Knocker, and don't even lie. Tommy Knocker, come on over here, Jeff. Jeff Mallow joins us from Tommy Knocker Brewery. That's the stop. I mean, literally, why get stuck on I-70 if you're coming home on a Sunday? Just stop off at Idaho Springs or on the way up, or just go there. It's a destination spot. Absolutely. We just actually saw numbers from 2019. I'm not kidding you. Three-quarters of a million people either way at Tommy Knocker or Bojo's in 2019. That's wow. a lot of people. Idaho Springs there. Yeah. Wow. So... Definitely an institution. I go there early and often. I love everybody up there. You guys just did a little remodel, too, but you're brewing beer. You've got a great brew pub. Food's delicious. Talk about Tommy Knocker Brewery. You bet. So this is a kind of a unique year. Obviously, everybody's feeling it, but it happens to be our 25th anniversary. Um, we are considered... Thank you. Happy anniversary. Thank you. We're we considered a heritage brewery, so we've been... Yes, sir. Is this better? Yep. All right. All right. Um, so, yeah, we've been around for 25 years. Um, that building up there is over 100 years old, which is kind of fun. Um, so the beers that you guys are trying, you, if anybody's had the Tommy Collins, wonderful recipe. Thank you very much, Daniel. It's awesome. Um, but our Blood Orange IPA is our number one beer that we sell. Uh, is that the number one? It is, absolutely. That's about 60% of our business. And um, all the Blood Oranges that go into that are actually hand-zested by our brewers. So very hands-on beer. Uh, the pumpkin is, uh, we're in pumpkin season, going into fall, uh, but ours is a very subtle pumpkin, not super overly uh, pumpkin-y, I guess if that's a word, but uh, it, is. Uh, it is now, I made it up. Um, and then uh, if you try the soda cocktail or if you just want to try our root beer, we make four different styles of root beer up there, um, root beer, almond cream, strawberry, and orange, um, big part of our business. Uh, as far as our soda line goes. Um, but yeah, it, uh, our beers are doing very well and we appreciate you guys having us. And um, I wanted to offer everybody something. I assume everybody's got one of these sitting in front of them. Yeah, menu. Everybody keep that. And if you guys show it to the brewery uh, on your way next time you stop, we'll give you a free beer either to go closed or at the bar. Nice, nice. So, there you go. There you go. Nice, you. Tommy Knocker. Yeah. Well, you guys enjoy, and thank you very much for having us. Thank you for the hoodie that you got us last time, too. We wore it all around the state. I saw that. My pleasure. Rock and yeah. roll. Jeff, Tommy Knocker Brewery. Thanks so much. It's a great Colorado brand in Tommy Knocker Brewery. I'm going to let you set this up, Brian, because I, I don't give it justice. Robbie's a – maybe I'll set it up. Robbie is one of these gentlemen. I love to hear him talk about local. I love to hear him talk about food. Right. I love his passion. You're all about it. Introduce this gentleman right here. Yeah, from a local company that imports all of the extra ingredients that all these chefs no, need. We salt. don't it's think about that, but we don't salt. have balsamic oil, all, balsamic vinegar that's grown in Colorado. We don't have olives that grow here. And we need to bring that stuff in because chefs need that. And these guys at Cheese Importers, right now, I think second generation at least, um, company out of Longmont. If you haven't tried their little bistro right on Main Street, try that. But Robbie Hahn, 
Robbie. Robbie, <laughs> Robbie Hahn. Oh, Different he's going to love that. <laughs> Robbie Rosenberg right here from Cheese Importers. Robbie, what's happening, that's, man? Good to see you right, again. That's right, Brian. That's right. Robbie Rosenberg, Cheese Importers. We are the guys that have what all chefs want. Cheese Importers. Completely. That's it. We're bringing it in. Um, You've been in the business for a while, haven't you? <laughs> we're trying to, man. Yeah. We've been doing it, uh, you know, out of Long Island, Bring Colorado that right up to you. For about uh, 30 years. I've only been working with the company for about six. But, um, you know, we're always trying to find the best stuff, bring it in for the chefs, and, and really, you know, expand what we have to offer um, every day. Uh, you know, we, we grow bring our catalog. Bring that mic right up to you so everybody can hear you loud and clear. We grow our catalog just by talking to chefs like Kyle and, and um finding out what what they're into what they want and and we go out and get it and we just rock it you know well yeah and local greg because one of the things that a lot of people and don't not know, just cheese yeah not just cheese but i would go on the cheese because fruition farms right now like this cheese right here if you wanted it in your restaurant you'd be calling up robbie and cheese importers because they're the ones who are distributing fruition farms they're the ones who are talking to all of the local farms i think it was jumping goat uh, or laughing cow, jumping goat. There's been several jumping of those good, little, good goat. Yeah. yeah, little farms that are or dairies that are making cheese. Totally, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, the uh, the Colorado cheese making landscape has has changed a lot over the past couple of years, and um, we've done everything we possibly can to really support people that are making cheese in this state. Um, literally, like everyone who wants to try to make cheese in this state, we will try to sell it for you, and. Um, you know, it's, uh, there's not as many as there used to be, um, but there's still some people doing a really good job. And, uh, you know, we even found some, some people making butter out in Palisade that we started rocking now, Ghost Rock Farms. Um, and, uh, you know, it's uh, anything we can do to, like, support, you know, uh, local cheesemaking in Colorado is, is always, you know, the uh, first and foremost uh, initiative uh, of our company and and so if anybody out there wants to start making cheese bring it to the table we'll sell it for you all right make some cheese right <laughs> uh robbie your your love for food and chefs is fantastic what's the strangest request that you've ever had to bring in because oh, you'll find it you will find it oh i'd have to think long and hard man i mean uh gosh strangest request ever we're talking well, Just sourcing like robbie can you find this <laughs> I should have someone coming right out of the holster for this one, but I <laughs> really there. don't. I mean, you know, for all the chefs out there, nothing is too strange for us at Cheese Importers. We'll always find it. Well, here, let me we'll try. <laughs> let me throw a different twist. What is the most unique thing that you find? Because you guys have probably at least 1,000, 2,000 items that you, you, you trade. But what's the most unique Colorado item that you think you guys have found? Oh, man, so that's an easier question. Um, the guys up in uh, Steamboat, Moon Hill Dairy, they do a uh, pate chev. It means not the goat in French. So it's like a, a cow's milk chev. They're a cow's milk cheese-making producer. So uh, they do like a, a fresh chev like you would, uh, you know, people see like it's made with goat cheese, um, goat's milk. Um, so they do a cow's milk chev, which I think is really unique. It's got this kind of farmhouse funk to it. Um, that's a pretty unique one coming out of Colorado. Um, what else? Yeah, those guys up there are doing uh, some cool stuff. They do an exterior blue called uh, River Runs Blue with the, the, the blue mold on the outside of the cheese, which is kind of fun. Um, so, yeah, Moon Hill Dairy's got it going on in Steamboat. All the stuff that... Uh, 
Oh, from the chef in the back. What was that, chef? Moon Hill is awesome. They're, yeah. Moon uh, we Hill almost is... use them exclusively at Arcana. Nice, nice. There we go. We got the, we got the, the chef approved. Chef Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> I'll chef tell you approved. what, you'll find it, Robbie, cheese importers, all of the great delicious ingredients um, that chefs are like, okay, we need you to get this. We get them from you, Robbie. Thanks so much. You would... The, the uh, summer dinner series and the fall dinner series wouldn't be the same without cheese and porter. Hey, thank you guys. It's uh, it's really an honor to be supporting you guys, and we're really happy to see you guys keeping it going this fall. And uh, we'll always be here. And uh, how's dinner? You know, dinner's been great. I mean, literally amazing. Kyle, thank you very much. Um, thank you. Super treat, man. I I can't say enough. Honestly. Next level dinner. Yeah. Robbie Rosenberg right here. Cheese Importers. Yep. Thank what another you. great Colorado brand. Uh, continue to watch you guys grow. Continued success. I'd wish you luck, but you don't need it. You got it, man. <laughs> Thank Thanks you. so much. All Thanks, right, what's Sean. up next? Oh, guess what? I think we're into the lamb, and we're going to be talking about something that Mike Harper is bringing to Colorado. Colorado lamb is what we're talking about now, and we'll bring the chef's mic up. If you don't mind, chef, can we describe this dish that's going to come out? Absolutely. I don't mind. Um, you know, we talk a lot about Colorado. It's a Colorado dinner. I thought it was appropriate to do uh, green chili because of the time of year that we're in. Um, I also, um, you know, I mean, Colorado has a lot of great beef, but lamb for me really says Colorado because we have um, um, we have just some of the best lamb in the country. I remember when I used to work in upstate New York, we used to get lamb from Colorado. So, yeah. So, um, so I really wanted, you know, and you don't see the two together very often. You know, usually if you do green chili, right, it's like pork green chili or something like that. So um, I thought it would be fun to do it with the lamb. Um, so I got some lamb sirloin, which is one of my favorite cuts. Um, good flavorful cut. And, you know, most cuts on lamb are nice and tender. So um, you can't really go wrong. But I uh, want to do the sirloin because I do think it's got a little bit more depth of flavor. Um, and then the green chili I made the way I like to make green chili, but I just made it without pork. And I also did it a little bit more of like a sauce version, right? We kind of took it to five-course dinner world instead of just a bowl of green chili, which also is good. Um, and then bok choy. Uh, I saw bok choy on Patraco's list. Patraco. Sorry. Um, and I know a lot of people haven't really eaten bok choy, and in America especially, we don't use it. Um, it's not in a lot of our cuisine. So um, I wanted to just do it a little differently. We just simply have them, clean them. It's baby bok choy, uh, grilled them, and then uh, hit them with just a little bit of olive oil and a little sherry vinegar, because uh, I think sherry and lamb go really well together too. Um, yeah, so the lamb itself is marinated in a little ancho chili and black garlic marinade, which I was telling the guys in the back room earlier, black garlic is kind of like a chef's secret weapon because it's uh, really delicious. It's fermented garlic, and it turns black, and it's got, you know, really almost like uh, it has a real heavy umami flavor, right, that kind of thing that gets you and really makes you want to eat more, so... I'm telling you all my secrets, but... Uh, well, we thank you. And I'll tell you, though, what, what's unique, I think, about this dish, a lot of people aren't using sirloin, lamb sirloin. We tried to highlight a few cuts that, you know, most of the time you're eating lamb chop, and that's right. the big, you know, that's the big thing. 
Um, right. And not many people are taking advantage of all the cuts. But that's the thing I was saying. Like with lamb, lamb is different than than beef, right? Lamb, most of the cuts are nice and tender. I mean, maybe you know a shank you're going to want to braise. There's some, you know, connective tissue and th those kinds of things. But um, that's the beauty of lamb is that, you know, the sirloin. I mean, I'm cutting this right now. It's super tender, right? And so, you know, it doesn't always have to be the most expensive cut. Well, and it looks like it's got zero fat. I mean, that looks like a tenderloin. <laughs> and then, then, then the light's not shining very well because I purposely left. I left. I left fat on there because I'm a fan of lamb fat. You know, Colorado lamb is is really pretty mild by comparison to other parts of the world, right? New Zealand, yeah. things like that. So um, it's because of that, like. Because that kind of funky, gamey flavor gets in the fat, usually, is where it comes through really strong. And so, but since Colorado lamb is so much more mild, I like to keep the fat on. I don't mind the lamb fat. As a matter of fact, we used to, used to make lamb bacon, right? You take the bellies or the, the you know, the top, um, the top rib piece above, um, above the loin, and we would make lamb bacon with it because it's delicious. Sorry. Well, I, I love what you do. You know <laughs> that. I've been like oogling over you all night long. I, I'm so excited that people are getting this on their plates. And, you know, part of me just wants to shut up so you can enjoy dinner. So we'll turn on some music. Yes, they are on. And this is okay. Yeah, where do you start, right? Where do you start with this? Well, look at the... I mean, the Pueblo chili. Well, I know, and isn't it wild? Because he's just so... He's so gentle. It's not, like, full of pork or anything. It's just... It's just fresh chilies. Go ahead, Saddle. Jump on right here, yeah. Right here, come on in. Did you get to eat yet? Do you want to bring your plate over? Oh, look at that. Good man. Robbie Rosenberg, boy, and I am so sorry about the name. <laughs> well, it's funny, man, because Robbie and, uh, Robbie, what's his? Robbie Hahn. Uh, Robbie Hahn. He's, yeah, he's been coming by the warehouse, and we've been talking about some stuff, so we've been emailing and, you know, drumming up some business, so to speak, with the other Robbie. There's a lot of Robbies flying around, so So no tell, us, tell us what you thought of this. This this, this lamb dish, yeah. What do you think about it? Great. I mean, my girlfriend happens to have a uh, my fiance. I keep calling her my girlfriend. Happens to have a huge uh, love for green chilies, and uh, so we already got a little giddy as soon as he put it out. But um, yeah. Well, what do you think? We that picked green? up these chilies fresh a couple of days ago from the Pueblo Chili and Frijoles Festival. Nice. Jay and I went down there and grabbed. How many pounds did we get? 20? You, you brought 40. back a, two bushels. Yep. Sweet. 40, 40 pounds, roughly. We didn't get them roasted. Brought just, back fresh. We just started selling a, uh, a Pueblo Chili Jack. You know, you see Pepper Jack around. Yeah. We, just, we started selling a Pueblo Jack. Uh, some guys down there got a, a cheese shop called Springside Cheese Shop down in Pueblo. And uh, they've been making cheese in Wisconsin for like, you know, three generations. And uh, this Wisconsin cheese man married a girl from Pueblo, <laughs> set up shop down there. And so they're selling their Wisconsin cheese, and they're making uh, 
Jack Cheese with the Pueblo Chilies. He's sending all the chilies back to Wisconsin to make the cheese, and uh, we started working with them. We got a lot of their cheese rocking now, and um, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty. It's cool. They they buy our imported cheese. We're selling their Wisconsin cheese. It's a nice symbiotic relationship, and these are the green chilies that are in there. Yeah. Well, Pueblo's got some hidden gems, don't they? I mean, you wouldn't yeah. like Walter's Beer down there. Yeah, yeah. A beer company that's been around almost 100 years. Um, cool. You know, there's a bunch of things down in Pueblo that people don't know, and, you know, I would encourage you to get down there. Now, one of the things, we've talked about this last last in the in the summer, but we, we didn't get them yet. There's a guy down there by the name of Mike, Mike Bartola, and he invented a Colorado chili that is just only here in Colorado. We did it. He did it to compete with Hatch. the Hatch Chili. Because, you know, a lot of people don't realize that Hatch is just a region. And it's not, it was a marketing campaign. Yeah. And it's not something... Kind of um, like Organic Valley. Yeah, well, it, well, in Organic Valley, yeah. It's it was just, a co-op of farmers, it's, isn't it? Yep, exactly. Organic Valley is a co-op of farmers and very similar to like what's going on down in Hatch. You don't know the farmer. You don't know who actually gave you that Hatch Chili. Great branding. Yeah, but they've done incredible yeah. branding. And so um, now, and, and all of a sudden, wouldn't you know it, the name of this darn chili escaped me. I will look it up and get back to you. But he made a Colorado chili that is just, he crossbred a bunch of other What's the name, bro? Chilies. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> okay. I just lost it. I just dude. lost it. It's killing me. I, I know. Um, you won't, unless you look it up, you won't get it <laughs> off your mind. I mean, you're right. Those types of things. And regionally, Pueblo chilies, right? Palisade peach. Um, south west corner bow and arrow farms is what comes to mind for me. Um, uh, Eastern Plains cattle for me. Trying to talk about the um, regionally Colorado, what they're known for. Well, it's a weird spot. So the name of that chili, I was able to look at it. It's called the Mosca Chili, Moscow okay, yeah, Chili. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and, but it's an interesting region because, you know, a lot of people don't realize that southern Colorado it was in the bread belt, which is so it's a little bit, the bread belt's a little bit north, that that stretches through Kansas. Then, you, then lower, you have what we used to call the banana belt that was down in the further states. Mm -hmm. And Pueblo actually touches both of those. So it's in the banana and the bread belt. A lot of people don't know that because this is old, old history. We don't talk about this stuff anymore. But there's things that you can grow down there because it's a very, it's the probably one of the warmer regions of Colorado. Um, and the stuff that you can grow there is just way different than what you grow in the state. Mm -hmm. Now we've got a great uh, partner down there in um, Centennial Cuts, and Luke Larson. Yeah. Um, you know, he's down there. We've got a great friend in Colorado Mills and all of our friends at Colorado Mills in Lamar. Mm -hmm. And so and this is a region... You guys carry Colorado Mills? We do. We, uh, we, sunflower we sell oil? their sunflower oil. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Another great Colorado brand. Great Colorado yeah. brand. I mean, I, there, if it's... I saw Zach here today. I think I he was too. bringing a, yeah. a little oil for Chef Kyle. What does it take for folks if they if they feel like, I, I, I got a good brand, too, and my distribution is terrible, or I'd like to pitch it to them. What's it take to get a brand in your portfolio? You know, it's... Uh, I, th I like to think that we're pretty nimble. We're pretty flexible. We're kind of proud of that. Probably you know? what you want if, is, uh, um, is is consistency. I mean... Good, consistent product. Obviously, the, the first and foremost thing is quality. Yeah. And that's what we're known for, and that's what we look for in everything that we sell. So, yeah. you know, as long as you got a quality product, you know, we'll always take a look and 
Um, typically, though, you know, if you got a couple people around that want to buy it, that want us to distribute it for you, we can pick it up pretty easily. You know, we don't have any red tape. You don't got to, like, pay to get in their catalog like a lot of these big distributors have yeah. to do. And That's Especially rad. when it comes to local, you know. We just started selling some local baklava that this lady was making in, in uh, Longmont. And, you know, it's like anybody wants to sell it, make a product in Colorado and uh -huh. start selling it. I mean, we don't care. If you got a couple of customers that want it, you know, you can get it on our trucks. It's, it's you do coffee? Easy. Not right now. We started actually... Brian. Robbie's talking to us about some coffee. Bearded man. Oh, really? We're, we're taking a look at <laughs> Brian wants to show you some coffee, too. You yeah, I'm going to send him home with the sample. Thanks for All mentioning right. that. Yeah, because our friends over at InterHealth, they're up in Longmont. We do not have coffee yet. And, you know, we've got a couple people humping our leg for coffee. And we're waiting for their, the right opportunity. The yeah. tricky thing with coffee is, like, people... From what we've learned, it's like they really want like the service of the machine and the, yep. you know servicing mm -hmm. it and all that type of stuff. And so we're trying to develop a program that would kind of you know be able to set someone up with the espresso machine and the service and coffee all in one shot. And uh, there's a little more involved in it, but um, we'll be selling coffee soon. I'm pretty sure. But yeah. Well, we'll I'll send you home with some tonight Sweet. because our friends at <laughs> InterHealth made sure that everyone's taken home a sample oh. of their. They do a mushroom-infused coffee oh, nice. that actually has some special mushrooms. And Chef Jenna last night was like, oh, my gosh, I take both of these mushrooms in mm -hmm. pill form, mm -hmm. and wouldn't I love to have it in my cup of coffee in yeah. the morning? And you wouldn't even know it. Hey, um, do you do jerky? We don't have a jerky yet either. You don't have a jerky yet? No. I'd love yeah. to turn you on to some jerky. Yeah, Actually, cuts. we were talking about, you sat me down at the table with the guys from Centennial the other day. Oh, did they tell you about their we, jerky? We were talking about their jerky, yeah. That'd be kind of a cool connection. Yeah. Those guys sure. are Colorado, yeah. man. Right um, now, the biggest thing I got to I gotta tell the internet world while I'm standing here. Yeah, do it. Is uh, we just started working with River Bear Meats. Did you really? And uh, we're real excited about that. Uh, you know, well, that's a big up all, for Justin. Congratulations, yeah, congratulations. Mr. Brothers. That's all I've been doing yeah. the past couple of weeks is out there hustling the River Bear. And I'm telling you, man, Justin's crew and what they're doing, I mean, the quality is insane. It's a sturdy brand. And uh, yeah. we're pretty stoked. Uh, everybody we're talking to is really jazzed, and uh, I just, you know, took a trip through Wyoming last weekend and was spreading the love up there, and uh, we're, we're just so stoked. So, Do you yeah. get to go source products? Yeah. Like, will they send you out of state? Will they send you out of the country? Um, you know, that's somebody else's job. I'm too busy right now yeah. um, to leave. <laughs> hey, man, if you ever we need downsized it. a little bit, so, but yeah, we, you know, I definitely, you know, take pride in a lot of our vendor relationships, and uh, I've I've done a lot of product sourcing, and and certainly. Uh, if there's ever a signature you know, trip that you think, man, this is gonna be, call me and Brian. We'll go. We'll cover <laughs> right. it for you. Totally. Seriously, we'll go along for with sure. you. We'll, These guys know good food. Yeah. yeah we let like me know it's good. We'll send you over to the Italian countryside. <laughs> you know. I die. I die. I might not come back. <laughs> I might not come back. Well, I love what you guys do, and a huge shout, shout out to Sam and Clara um, sure. and David Chappelle, man. Yeah. Uh, most people don't know this. There's a David Chappelle in Colorado. Right. He's up at Cheese Importers. He's and my boss. Yeah, but he's, yeah. he's like one of those guys that is just consistent, consistent, consistent. You know what David Chappelle wants and needs from you at all times. He's clear with his communication, and it, yep. I think it's part of what makes your guys' machine so efficient. We could never do it without him. Look at this behind you, you guys. 
uh, assembling a delicious dessert here. Oh, from so wait, this is the third ingredient from his backyard. Chef is behind us talking about the the, terroir. the third one that I know of <laughs> exactly, and that's a, what he should be saying. Nice. Well, now you did get some of those Talbot, I hope you got. Oh, I did. Yeah, those are getting roasted right now. Oh, really? So those are, those are I didn't know if those were going to be on the lamb or not, but you're saying those are the ones that are going to blow up. They're going to, they'll swell up when they get warm. And I don't know. People don't eat grapes warm. I love grapes like ice cold, right, are really good. But no. trying them way the other way, uh, when they're nice, and it kind of plumps them up, makes them really juicy. So Warm good. grapes. So good. Okay. Yeah, they're roasting in the oven right now. That's what's coming up. That's what's coming up. And th those are, oh, are those from Talbot? Yeah. 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 Oh, we got some wine coming Oh, up. look at that. Oh, look at that. Where is this love over here? Thank that's thank my you. favorite one. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, guys. Tell the, tell the world. What are, you, what are you bringing, Chef? Well, these are the wines that we've been pouring for the entire series. Of the, of the Modern Eater dinners at Pizza Republica, and now for this week. So we have, a, we have our 2019 Albarino Spanish variety grape that's doing really well here in Colorado. Uh, we harvest it in two separate lots, which is not economically feasible, but, you know, we use kegs and brake tanks to offset some of the sustainability. Anyway, we harvest some young, a little underripe, good acid, and then uh, let the rest of the fruit hang for about two weeks, a week and a half, two weeks, depending. And uh, so it's good acid with My good friend. floral and, and uh, aromatics. Wow. And, uh, a happy so accident yeah, from last year. There's a carbonic mouvet done in like a Beaujolais style. You want to just do a little uh, the, the mouvet grape is typically a red wine blending component. And that's what we intended it for. But it came in a little late last year, much like this year. And uh, didn't really ripen fully. So, so we did a, a little, little carbonic maceration right where you're all that's uh, do giving a blanket of CO2 and letting it start to ferment into grapes. It's really good. Really. Yeah, so kind of fun. I've been drinking that fun. all night. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And then uh, our flagship red blend. Ah, uh, you know, which you know is my favorite. I think I served you your first glass of that. You did, uh, you in, did. In, in the past at our first dinner we did together, what, like four or five, six months ago? Yeah, you totally. we were still able to come into your building. Yeah, yeah. So yep. it's, a, it's a big body blend of uh, Malbec dominant, uh, Colorado Malbec, and uh, some uh, Cap Franc. Some Merlot, Petit Verdot, and Petit Pearl, and uh, it's just starting to drink impeccably now, and it's got like another three, four, or five years before it really peaks, so. Wow. Get it, decant it, chug it. All right, don't go too far, Snap, because we want to talk to the guests here with us as well about some wine as we're wrapping it up here with Robbie. I don't know, man. You want to click on? You want to you click here, Oh, he here? can jump on another one, right? Here we go. Let's bring you into this conversation here. Robbie, you might switch, guys, um, just because, Robbie, you're a little shorter. There you go. <laughs> Not in height, but just in yeah. cable length. You guys always give me the short cord. I don't know what's up with that, man. We just want you close, Robbie. We want you close, That's man. Right. Yeah, you're, the, you're, mo you're the most susceptible to running. <laughs> keep, you, keep you close by. You're a flight keep, the good, keep the good ones on the short yeah, leash. You're a flight risk. Uh, Jason, Snap, it's good to have you join us here on the stream as well. We were always, just talking likewise. about some wine. Have you had a chance to eat anything tonight? That's I, have. I have. I have. I'll be honest. Like, I was... I had a, a clear directive from the from the women who are way more po powerful than I am tonight, and they said, you're going to make drinks, and you're going to talk to the guys when they tell you to come talk to them. But uh, I snuck out here for the lineup, and Chef got up there and told us all about what was coming out tonight, and it was 
it was pretty special. I was like, this guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah. And so every dish that came back there, we definitely uh, crowded around it and, and delved into it, and it was it was special. He he had such a thirst and knowledge for ingredients, and that's my kind of guy. Like, I'm all about where is you know the products that we're using, where they're coming from, who's growing them, you know, because you can read a label and that means nothing. You know, it's like that's not it's organic. Well. That means nothing. It's yeah. natural wine. It means nothing. Like who's doing it? Who's producing it? Yeah, tell you me. You guys the story. are all about that because that's what you spend yeah. your lives doing. That's it. So it's so special to, to to you can stand up and real recognize as real. As, you know, I'm from the East Coast, so yeah. real recognize real, yo. You know, like that's dude. You you might real. a kick. You, you might yeah. keep us going for another day or two hearing that because <laughs> you get what we do. And, yeah, and and that means a lot. For real. Uh, truly. And you've introduced me to some people that I don't, you know, I haven't known in Colorado. You know, I'm all over. I'm beer, wine, cocktails, yeah. tea, water, whatever it is. <laughs> so, like, for, you know, and I'm always like, I, I don't know those guys. And, like, you know, I was tasting through Meridian tonight, and I was like, they're making solid stuff. You know, they're, they're, their spirits are good. So, yeah, kind of cool to see. New people uh, cycling through here, and here it is in your backyard, fall dinner series. I mean, I don't know. Tradition, right? You're number one. I say we keep her going here. Yeah, man. It's it's it's. I'm not the I'm I'm the low guy on the totem pole, but like I, I always love collaborating with people that that care. Where are you, you from know? on the East Coast? Uh, Danbury, Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah. All right. What's your background? Bartender. Bartender. You, you said, know that. I, I know. You, well, I was, last I'm night trying to like, set you up like, for the story. <laughs> I'm trying to. Yeah, man. You came I, out I've of been, retirement. I've been bartending since I was 18 years old. You know, I had one night as a bar back. And uh, got 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 into the bartending world and spent you know years you know college degrees aside like tried to be blue collar tried white collar and like always had that bartending thread per- pervasive in my life yeah and uh, probably going on eight nine years ago now uh, I was struck by lightning and and uh, is this true not no literally, not literally oh my not god literally. I was like no, tell no, me no, more no, man no I you know I was bartender I was a steakhouse bartender and like mm-hmm. one day I was like I'm gonna be a career bartender and like everybody wanted to back then it's like what are you going to do when you how are you going to use your degrees yeah. when are you going to grow up and it was like i love bartending i love taking care of people and it got to the point you know where where i made that decisive decision and and uh, all of a sudden doors started opening mm-hmm. so to speak and i got really lucky and that's part of what brought me to colorado and uh so i had some guys that i went to work for and they they had me pegged for management and, and a higher level and thankfully they did they're, they're great guys and I'm still affiliated with them on the East Coast and uh, but I, I ended up with a mentor and that mentor uh, I ended up in Colorado because of him you know we had a restaurant that closed down when I was early in my career and they said what are you gonna do and I said I'm gonna revamp the original bar and then I'm gonna go away for a year with my wife and we were looking at spots Colorado was one of them and I came out here to work for Williams and Graham and, and never left so that's a wow. cool spot. Yeah, that's yeah, a, a good cool spot. spot. Uh, so I'm glad to have you here in Colorado. Yeah, since you're in so our, It's been five years. You know, now I got a little guy. He's a native, so I'm le- that legit. That makes me legit. Yeah, legit. I, I need to stay here for him. I love <laughs> it. He can't go anywhere else. So that's a, you, you, there's a lot of similarities to you and this guy right here, Jay Parker. Yeah, Except, that's you, why we get along so good. <laughs> probably. Did Did you ever have the dying need to just want to choke a customer though? Every day. <laughs> yes, this, this is your guy, says, Jay. He wants to choke a customer. That that's not the truth. Get a stick. But the big difference between you know where I came up in the bartending world, it's like back in the day. You've seen you've all, well, if you haven't seen the movie Waiting, go watch it because there was truth. Waiting, to that. waiting. Yeah, waiting. waiting. Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 Am I hot? 
Yeah. Yeah. Jay, yeah, of yeah. course. Of it's course. Wrong. I mean, you it's know, wrong. he, he but is... the problem is that that movie was so real to fact for the 80s that people still think it's true. But nowadays, like, people care about what they're doing and they want to put out good product. So much so that you have a crew back here that's, like, thoroughly vetting out every single herb and ingredient that comes onto this show and this dinner. And that's special. Back in the day, though, it's like, yeah, they were, they were doing all that stuff you saw in that movie. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, now, let's just be honest. A lot of that stuff still happens. It's just the lower caliber places that it happens. Yeah. And a lot of the sarcasm is still the same. I mean, that's just human nature, you know. And that's you still want to kill a, kill people every single day. Oh, yeah. You know no, I mean? absolutely. I don't even know that anymore. Tonight like. might be the first night in a long time that I haven't felt the desire. We might have a new segment on the Modern Eater show. Um, the angry Jay bartender. and Snap <laughs> will choke you out yeah, no, and drag gonna, you out of a bar. I was gonna say Theoretically, snap. but not in practice. We're, we're going to do it mentally. mentally. We're going to get dragged yeah. through the corridors. I've but we're going to give you a kiss or a hug and say goodbye. <laughs> and I'll, ch I'll still choke somebody <laughs> if it's needed. I'll still do it. I don't want to. I'm not saying that I enjoy yeah, it. But you would. But I would do yeah, it if you're it's, capable. If it's still now, listen, here's the thing, and I said this on a couple shows ago, to where, you know, sometimes... You're not, I mean, obviously you're never supposed to get physical with people, but in the caliber of place is a lot different because I'm a sports bar guy. Yeah. There's times in sports bars in a certain situation to where it's like you have to make a decision. Either you choke somebody yeah. or, or they choke you or they choke you. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, like that's a real thing sometimes. Yeah. I'm just saying, I mean, it's the real yeah. world. Well, but wait, but what, my beer, I want foam in my beer. Why <laughs> does, uh, are you sure there's not could, soap in this glass because my beer doesn't have I could foam. do this with you guys on. We need to talk more. <laughs> Robbie, thank content. you. More dinners to come. Are you joining us for any more dinners this week? Yeah, I think we're going to try to make it Friday. I love it. Um, so, so we'll you know, do it again. For Rebecca's dinner. We'll do it again. Right. I'm excited for Rebecca's dinner. Uh, cool. you know, She's a pan. This is a, <laughs> yeah, uh, she is. This is a gorgeous cool. property that you guys got here yeah. at Carboy. And um, super stoked to be here. So, yeah, we're going to come back for Friday. And, uh, Sold out we'll dinner, man. Well, and Rebecca, folks, you don't know. She you is so hungry for knowledge. Just wait and this, Friday. This woman I'm has for knowledge, but already has it. Yeah, yeah but time. she has it, and so and that's what's exciting because she's she's already here. That's Friday, and she wants to be here. That's, that's what right. makes people. I'm excited. Right. Yeah, dessert really time, is. guys. We're gonna send I'll see back you to guys the then. Yes, you will. Friday. Thank you, thank you, Robbie. Robbie yeah. Rosenberg. Robbie Rosenberg. Thanks, All right, Cheese and Porter's just another great, classy Colorado brand. Oh, yeah. All right, Snap. We're gonna put you on a stick mic. We're gonna talk to these folks about some right. wine. And then we're going to talk dessert. And then what do you do think? Do we have wine here tonight? I've been drinking. You know me, man. Oh, you brought that in? <laughs> I know. This is, I, this is just a 59er. You, know? you love that one. Oh, I'll tell you. I this know. is my new Quintus favorite. Central Colorado wine right there. Flagship. All right. Where's yeah. that other Special microphone? Place. It's over there. Snap. See that uh, planter right there? There's a microphone on it. Grab is that microphone. Is this like an Easter egg hunt? Do I have to go find it? Like, <laughs> I think uh, you'll find okay. it. You know, like Chef Kyle says, you got to work for it a little bit. It'll be that much better. Right It'll be you that much better. It. All right. Here we go. We're going to throw these off and head out here and talk to some folks. Brian, it's been a delicious dinner, and uh, tomorrow night I'm looking forward to Chef Alex Seidel. You need to tune in each and every night, 6 p.m. This week is when we're firing off the Modern Eater Show live. Yep, that's the microphone. Okay, let's go talk dessert with these guys and wine. The Modern Eater continues. Check, check. Yep. Check, check. They're going to bring us up over check. the house here. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. How was the main course, you guys? <laughs> Did you enjoy it? Yes, yes. Okay, I know everybody's hello. probably like, I am stuffed. But you have to have room for dessert, right? You have room Always. for dessert? Always. 
always have room for dessert. Okay, we've got wine here, and I'll tell you what, Jason, let's talk wine with these, gars, these guys. Carboy. Is anybody drinking wine over here? Yeah, who's drinking wine? Who's drinking oh, wine? Anybody. You have to, right? It's yep. mandatory. Indeed. What the, a little bit. The a three bit. wines that we have on the... There's a lot of good the... distillers, and there's some good breweries. Yeah, Tommy Knocker and uh, Meridium. There's good stuff in here besides the, the wine. What'd you offer tonight? So uh, the Meridium folks brought uh, their vodka and their gin, and we did a Tommy Collins with a little Tommy Knocker IPA on top, and then they did kind of like a white Russian rendition with a little bit of Tommy Knocker root beer. So they collaborated, which was always nice and fun and, and a good way to do it. Carboy, three locations. You got one in Breckenridge. You got one in Four. Little... Huh? Four. Four? Where's Four. the fourth? Can't tell you yet. Ah, secret, huh? Secrets. Were you, were you supposed to let that out there? Well, it's a sneak peek, you know. Fourth location. Craig didn't yell at me yet. He didn't yell. Okay. Hey, the deal is you had to be at the dinner to know about the special announcement. Okay, three that we know of. So we'll talk about the three that we know of. Breckenridge, Littleton, and right here in uh, downtown Denver. Talk about uh, Carboy. Carboy started, so Angelo is the parent company. You know, quintessential Italian food, two blocks away. So if you want to leave here and and go for a little bit of a late night happy hour oysters, that's the spot. But uh, Craig Jones and Eric Hyatt bought that about eight years ago, and then uh, shortly after that, has it been eight years already? Eight years seems like yesterday. Yeah. Four years later, you guys resurrected say. Angelo's, and boy, what a great brand that it was! It was already great. There I were know. already so many great elements, and what what Eric and Craig really do really well is they they keep the uh, they keep the essence of that and and uh, just capitalize on it and make it even better, you know, bring in great people and and make it that much better. And so four four years after that location they opened up uh, another one down in littleton and, and ground up new construction took the uh original essence of it and and just made it more modern and decided to make wine where's the production at down in littleton down in littleton yeah, so they, so yeah that's our that's our mothership brackenridge came a little bit after that and we put a little micro winery in the basement and kept the gold pan saloon because all of our carboys are attached to another restaurant so down in littleton it's angelo's uh, up in Breckenridge, Gold Pan Saloon, and here Logan Street with Chef Rebecca. Well, and, and would you tell people about, you were telling a story at, at our table that everyone couldn't hear, about the fact that you guys were bringing, when you started, you were bringing the grapes in from California, but you realized, and, t- and tell the rest kinda, of that story. Kind of, sort of, yeah. You know, Craig, Craig and Eric, they, they can't make wine to save their lives. He, he's really good at uh, washing dishes and, and bringing out plates and Bringing in people is his strong point and, and pulling together good people. Uh, but so they decided to make that winery and they brought in uh, Tyzak Wharton, who's our uh, winemaker. He came from San Francisco about four years ago and relocated here to, to be a part of it. What a steal he is. Yeah, he is he's great. A and then Kevin Weber. Kevin was, you know, uh, Elway's guy. He was, a, he was a Psalm and Colorado native, fourth generation. And back in 2017, they really had a, had a chat. And they're like, we think we need to do something special. Bringing in bulk wines and blending aging uh, from, from the West Coast is cool. But, like, we're in Colorado, and there's something special here. So they decided to, uh, to dip their toe in the water in 2017, and that's when I got to meet those guys. And uh, we were all out on, on, a, on a trip to the Grand Valley to try to source some grapes and did about 15 tons that year and went to Aspen Food and Wine. And our, you know, we had a we had a really badass 2016 Pinot Noir from Russian River that we brought in and aged it additionally and did some treatments to it, 
and you know I know I know everybody was hyped about it, and uh, especially Craig. And then we were kind of like, oh, I don't know, we got a rosé of Tempanillo from here in the Grand Valley. And it turned out that nobody cared about the Russian River Pinot as good as it was. They wanted to hear about the Colorado wine. So at that point, Craig and Eric were like, hey, Tyzok and Kevin are on to something, and we, need to, we, we got to run with that. And uh, so just to give you perspective, we did 15 tons that year. We did 15 tons last night. Whoa. So. It's That's a rapid, great. Rapid, yeah. rapid wow. No Congratulations. Just wow. It's been kind of great. Killing the notion that Colorado doesn't make good wine. Yeah, we're trying, man. You know, the, the, the growing is getting great. We got great grower partners. Yes, you do. And the winemaking Tyzak already One of them here doing. with us tonight. Yeah. Talbot. Talbots. Talbots and, and uh, Kai Beb Savage and, and uh, Poppy Woody, who will be here tomorrow night. And uh, just really, they're, they're doing great things with the growing and the viticulture. Yeah. And we're just trying to do our best to, to celebrate those grapes and the terroir they're coming from. Oh, my God, working hard here with us yeah. tonight. Jason, thank you, brother. My thank pleasure. you. My thank pleasure. you. Thank, thank you, guys. This always, is... always fun to have you guys, and, and uh, it's an honor to, to host your, your series here. So. Thank you so yeah. much. Indeed. This is Snap. Give it yep. up to Snap. Give, give it up. up. Give it up. Thank you, man. All right. It looks like it's dessert time. We'll bring up the chef's microphone, Chef Mendenhall. Uh, what a night. Food. Oh, what a night. Oh, oh what, what a, a night. night. Yeah. <laughs> this dessert looks uh, very comforting and delicious. I hope it is. Um, it was that way in my mind, at least, anyway. <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, I was talking, again, to the gentleman in the back. Gentlemen, thanks for being back there. Gentlemen hey, guys, in the back. In the back. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> They're like, we're doing something else. <laughs> yeah, in the back. Anyway, um, I was telling them that uh, one of our restaurants, Zolo, uh, in Boulder, we do uh, blue cornbread um, as a gift when everybody comes into the restaurant. Mm -hmm. And so I thought it would be fun uh, because we had, and it's the bow and arrow uh, blue cornmeal we use there. Mm -hmm. And it would be fun to, instead of doing that where we started the meal, to do it where we finished the meal. Yes. And I think that... You know, there's apples and pears and things like that going on, but I wanted to, I wanted to do something harder. I wanted to do something different, and so I thought we'd take the cornmeal and try to incorporate that in the dessert. Um, basically, did kind of a twist on our cornbread, a little sweeter, a little bit more spices, um, and cooked them kind of in these flat, kind of um, oval-shaped pans. So, um, and then cut those in half. There's a little bit of uh, the pie pumpkin squash puree in there and then what uh, I call pumpkin, pumpkin diplomat cream so that's cooked pie pumpkin uh, mixed with uh, pastry cream and then it's folded into whipped cream that's diplomat cream uh, sounds very extravagant like diplomats speaking of diplomats I wonder how that's going tonight eh yeah who's, wi who's winning <laughs> yeah who's yeah who's who's winning yeah, yeah no never mind uh, anyway uh, maybe maybe I you know subconsciously some homage to that or Nod, not really or not. Nod. It'd be like, oh, yeah, shit. probably. <laughs> um, anyway. Shit show. Uh, so, shit show, yeah. <laughs> so I noticed that uh, Talbot had, um, had grapes as well, and so I thought it would be fun to incorporate those in uh, dessert. And so uh, we just simply took these grapes and just a little bit of olive oil and salt and roasted them in the oven so they, they kind of swell up and get nice and plump. Again, this, I'm going to be known for this forever. It's like the grapes are so good. But they have some big seeds in them, as I'm sure you've already found out. So You're making us work again. You know, you just got to work for it. You got to enjoy it. I mean, seeds totally fine to eat. My 11-year-old just crunches on them. He thinks it's the best thing in the world. But um, Well, you know what's sad? I'll tell you about that because I was in the produce business so long. We have only gone to seedless grapes. 
when I started in the business, we had seeded grapes. And what a lot of people don't understand, seeded grapes actually have more flavor and more oh, vitamins and minerals than the seedless grapes because the seedless grapes are a hybrid. Right. Um, but, and, so, and people are missing flavor. For convenience. And, you know, when that happens, I'm going for flavor. Yes. Yes. All yes. The time. yes. How's dessert, guys? You enjoying that? Biker Jim, you're a big dessert person. You loving the dessert? They're all quiet. That's either really good or really bad. No, I, I, think, I think it's a good nice. sign. He said outstanding. <laughs> outstanding dessert. Outstanding. Um, there is, I did make a little bit of grape uh, sort of jelly sauce that we had a little bit of carboy, uh, carboy wine to. Um, those are from grapes from my backyard. And then uh, there's some, the little yellow guys you see on there are what they call popcorn shoots. And they're really, really sweet, right? Corn's got so much sugar, you really taste it in that shoot. It's a little bit bitter, but really, really sweet. So um, hope you guys enjoyed that. Oh, my goodness. So it's very interesting times right now, you guys. Uh, listen up. So wh this, wh what do you think about the service here tonight with uh, yeah. Logan Street? Give it up. Yeah, These guys Logan did Street. such a great Give job. Give it up. In a day and age to where you wonder, why would anybody even want to serve you? You've got your masks off. They, are, they wear theirs for your protection. They can work and, and just do the work that nobody really wants to do. These guys are, it's service industry. And right now it's more important than ever to show your appreciation. We lift, left the tip, tip off, so you will get a zero bill that will come by for you. Show your appreciation to these guys. It's very important right now to really take care of them, go that extra mile. Uh, the chefs that are working here hard here tonight, uh, these guys need recognition as well. Yeah, Let's hear for definitely. these chefs back here. Yeah, thank hard. you, Mark chefs. Mark Q. Save the day. <laughs> and then the chef of the night that really just brought smiles to all of our faces and really pleased our palate. I would love for you to give a great round of applause and show your appreciation for this gentleman, Chef Kyle Mendenhall. Come on, let's oh, see him for him. This man yes, is yes, yes. true talent. There you go. Thank you so much. Thank you. Chef, you yeah, killed it. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks so much. All right, you guys, enjoy your dessert. You don't need to go anywhere. Just slow down, have some fun. We'll continue on tomorrow night. Chef Alex Idell will be here. Oh, man. Chef Scott Hibernith will be here on Thursday, and then nice. Friday we'll round it off. It's her home court. She's back in the kitchen right now working. Her name's Chef Rebecca Weitzman. It's a fall dinner series to remember, and we can't believe you made it here with us. But again and again, whenever you say yes, we're going to take you. <laughs> again, one last time for Chef Kyle wow, Mendenhall. Yes. yes. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you take care. Much. And have a good night. Thank, Thank you, you everybody, Thank for you showing guys. up. Thanks. Appreciate <laughs> it so much.